1: get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody tuned in today in the Fast Lane 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So as I was walking in into the office today, I could sense some tension. I feel like you guys, uh, you guys may not have had a great weekend.
2: What are you talking about? In which way?
1: Do I have a good read on that in a sports way? Like a personal way, I'm sure you guys just fine but personally
2: personally had a very good weekend in particular a great saturday night got to go out and do a little dinner me and ashley no kids nice little after dinner drinks nice bishop's post you ever been there no you need to go there okay it's incredible unbelievable selection of bourbons they had the little patio open fire pit i mean it was awesome so yeah personally it was great anthony well good yeah from a, a sporting standpoint Screw you, Mizzou. Okay, I was supposed that's say, all I have to say. You
1: were a little upset about at our Mizzou Tigers. Yeah. can You took it
2: personal. Just a guess. How many Mizzou games do you think I've watched from coin flip to, you know, last buzzer? Like in the history in, of time. In ever, Bob. Oh,
1: man. I don't know. Uh, 20, 25.
2: Okay. Marshy, what do you think? Um, This
3: season, huh?
2: No. Ever in ever in ever, Bob. Yep.
3: Not counting this week, I'd say one.
2: Yeah, that's what I've watched. One in its entirety. Coin flip to yeah. Final final buzzer. I had a real big interest in this game versus LSU. Not financial and just I was really curious. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they match up? Like, they're ranked higher, but I know they're not better. But are they? Wow. I was in, man. They come out right down the field. Bam. Two-point conversion. Drink was like, bam! Can you feel me I now? you like me now. And then the second half, they just went into their little baby cocoon. Me, 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 if we just hide in here, they won't find us. And they gave it right back. And then yesterday just sucked. I picked so many teams that lost. <laughs> Not a good day. Yesterday was bad. Yesterday was bad. I mean, who saw some of those games coming? My gosh! But apart from that, Anthony, I'm feeling okay.
1: This is what I was picking up on beforehand, <laughs> Marsh. Yeah, let's bring you into the fray here.
3: Yeah, I also had a, a really good weekend personally. Personally, 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 yeah, for for sure. For, uh, from
1: a sports standpoint,
3: absolutely not.
1: We knew mm. we know that your your Vikings lost to the Chiefs. I think a lot of us saw that coming. <laughs> really? You did not, though. No. Based on your picks for our yeah. 101 ESPN and 105.7 The Point Pickup Challenge.
3: Yeah, I'll be getting hit in the left cheek, the butt cheek, and, and the, the right Yeah, butt you got cheek. two shots coming. Two shots this week. Uh, not great. Um, was hoping your Falcons would lose. I think they you tried were too.
1: They tried. I
3: By the way, swore, I know you
2: did. It's one the one I think I got right. Yeah.
3: CJ Stroud on that final drive for the Houston offense. I was sitting there watching the game And I'm like, this guy has ice in his veins. Mm -hmm. He is the best rookie quarterback this year. There's no question. No question. He was awesome. Uh, I wish some of his receivers could catch the ball. Uh, We'll get into that later.
2: Oh, that was a trend yesterday.
3: Mm. The Vikings, (laughs) the Vikings did exactly what they have done all season long. Turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Chiefs do what they do all season long. Get calls from the referees.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not wrong. I saw one yesterday. Put your helmet back on. Oh, okay. Where the hell is the flag? As soon as the guy takes his helmet
1: off, he's supposed to throw that Jamie, thing. Jamie, re- if the ref doesn't see it.
2: But I, I, hey, listen. If he saw it, Anthony. <laughs> he listen. did everything except put the helmet back on for him. Let me see if this fits. Here I will not come. blame. Get your
3: chin strap on. <laughs> I will not blame the referees for that loss. Mm-hmm. Alexander Madison, you have two hands. Catch the football. You have 20 yards of nothingness to run that ball in and tie the game. Sure, Patrick Mahomes probably goes down. Tie ball game and wins it. But just give me something. Like, come on, man. Give me something to root for. You were uh, in that game. Yeah, I was in that game. I was... Oh, man, Anthony, that really irritated me. But you know what? It is what it is. Uh, I'm sure they'll lose to the Bears next week because the Bears are red hot. Oh, come on. They won uh, one game. Yeah, this weekend, not not so great from a sports perspective. I did enjoy um, some of the baseball games this weekend. It's nice being... You know, just a, a fan of baseball watching some of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the AL East, not great. Um, how about the Twins, though? I'm not really a Twins fan. They're but, playing well. You know, I have some friends up there, so I'm sure they're excited. They got a win. Carlos Correa mm-hmm. ended up being a, a big signing for for Minnesota. Yeah. And I wonder what he looks like on the Mets, if they end up taking him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting to think about. I'm, I'm almost glad he wound up in Minnesota again. Yeah because it want that team that team's very good as they showed last night they came out and mm-hmm. struck on Framber Valdez right away
3: pablo lopez, another lopez great outing.
1: shoved once again uh and then in the the national league status quo you had clayton kershaw coming out and dominating the playoffs like he normally does and uh and the braves <laughs> winning against the phillies so. yeah it's not what happened jamie
2: no, Clayton Kershaw oh, Jamie got was too abs- dialed
3: into the, the, the Mizzou game.
1: Right, he, he Clayton
2: Kershaw pitching batting practice out tuned there. up. The Diamondbacks, three
1: straight victories now for them, and the Phillies. Maybe it's just uh, the recency bias here, but boy, I, I want. I think the Phillies are going to pull off the upset against the Braves. I think so too. Like once again, the Phillies have locked in. Once the calendar flips into October, mm-hmm. we you know that they have the talent. That's that's not the issue. That's not the question. It's are you going to be able to get into the postseason and catch fire? They did last year, and I wonder if they're going to do so again now. What a bad first first matchup for Atlanta. Yeah, you know you get you get the Phillies, who you know well, but you're going to face Nola. You're going to face Wheeler. You're going to fa- embrace Harper. Outstanding postseason again mm-hmm. for him. Uh, but yeah, the the baseball series have been have been very interesting. We're seeing some ups, upsets. But I was watching the games yesterday and keeping track of our one-on-one ESPN picks, and we got to the late games, and I saw I saw Marsh had the Rams over the Eagles. Yeah, I mean it was a close one for a little bit. <sighs> I saw he had the Cardinals over the Bengals, which uh, the, the, there was several people on on that one. But when I saw you took your Vikings over the Chiefs. I thought, this is oh. this is a shot from half court. Marsh, we gave, you
2: almost deserve what you're getting today.
1: It was we, a one-score game. We gave Marsh the ball, and we said, hey, do with it what you will. Yeah. And he shot it from half court. I didn't see that coming.
2: Well, technically... Yeah, we handed him the ball right inside, like, under our basketball. Yeah. like Figured at least he'd try to get to half court. No. No, he just threw it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> <laughs>
3: what, what you guys really did was you... Gave me the ball, first Mm -hmm. play of the game, and I just fumbled it. Yes. In the red zone.
2: (laughs) I just fumbled it. Viking style. First play of the game. Honestly, Anthony, it was like all Marshy had to do was take a knee Mm -hmm. and win the game. And I ran. Marshy decided to (laughs) run the ball instead.
1: How much time, roughly, on the clock (laughs) in a situation like that, though?
2: Minimal. Who the hell would do that? Uh. Yeah, like, if he takes a knee. Mario (laughs) Cristobal. Yeah. How how do you do, how? <laughs> how in the name
1: of Bill Walsh do you do that? If you're Mario Cristobal. For those that didn't see it, I'm oh. sure you did, but for those that didn't see it. You guys are all sports fans, so I'm sure you you, you saw it. But Georgia Tech was done. Miami has the ball at home. With a three-point lead. They're nursing nursing a three-point lead. Uh-huh. We could get into why they're even only up by three against a, a subpar opponent as it is. But nonetheless, we'll push that aside. It's a conference game. Georgia Tech played well. Credit them. It's a three-point lead for
0: Miami. Game's
1: they are over. milking the clock. They get a first down. The game's over, Anthony. Just do the math on the clock. You're good. <laughs> you take the snap all the way down. You take two knees. You have a victory. You're, you remain undefeated. Not Miami. Not Mario Cristobal. They run the ball again when the announcers are saying, "What this should not be a handoff. You should not put, what are they doing? And the poor kid fumbles it. He shouldn't have had an opportunity. I don't even know if his elbow if was I'm down. His kid, elbow might have been down. Regardless,
2: why are you running? If I'm the kid you're giving the ball to, I'm going right down. to the ground immediately. Yes. Like the moment the quarterback hands me the ball, I fall to the ground. Yeah, I'm done. I I had my guy. I'll
3: take the knee. (laughs) I'm so glad Georgia Tech scored, though, because if you do something that stupid, stupid. you deserve to lose. And I I feel that same way, even for some of my favorite teams. It doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, hockey. You're right. You deserve to lose. Basketball. I don't have a favorite team in basketball. But if you do something stupid, if if I did, you you deserve to lose.
1: And and then to compound the issue, how do you let the receiver get behind your defense in that situation? Just protect, just protect,
2: protect the end zone. Uh, they call it prevent. <sighs> just, uh, just Yeah, make they prevented. Sure they
1: prevented the win. Just make sure they, they can't
2: get behind you. That's usually how oh, it is. Oh man, that.
1: I mean, if you're, I know there's, I know there's contract situation things like that, but you know, how do you let Mario Cristobal coach another game for well, you?
2: I don't, I don't even let him near the facility. Quite honestly, when he arrives the next day, his computer key doesn't work, and yeah. all of his things are out in the front yard. Yes. We Take wish this. you.
1: We wish you nothing but the best. Take a knee.
3: We get a text from the 618. <laughs> oh it was like the Cardinals front office scheduled a press conference and then canceled it. Yeah, we'll get into that.
1: Mm, yeah, We will get into that. I mean, we, got, we got some look, thoughts. For sure. We got some thoughts on that. Uh-huh. Uh, we also have some thoughts on the final roster moves for the Blues. We'll get into that coming up next. We also have NFL. Uh, the, well, you know how we did in the Pick'em Challenge. We're down by two right now. But we do have an opportunity to tie. I, we don't even know there's know. no tiebreakers, right that's no, it no last year unfortunately last year was just a tie
2: it was just a tie
1: yep so we have an opportunity to tie but we need the packers to win tonight we'll get into mizzou's loss to lsu and as the 618 just said we'll get into some thoughts on that cardinals decision there to, to cancel the press conference of the, the wrap-up the regular season wrap-up but what do the final roster moves mean for the blues moving for? jane will tell you next on 101 east
0: man <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So the Blues have released their final roster. We got NHL action starting on Tuesday night. The NHL season. Uh, Drops the puck mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. You've got Blues and Stars pregame at six o'clock on Wednesday. So we have our first our uh, Thursday, excuse me. Thursday. Thursday is the first Blues game. You had me confused. Jamie, like, wait Jamie wait just pooped himself. He's like, "Wait a <laughs> minute, Wednesday. I didn't plan for Wednesday." Uh, <laughs> Thursday Flint's is the first on game. Wednesday, yeah. Tuesday season starts. Blues season starts on on Thursday against the Stars. Again, pregame right here on one hundred and one ESPN starting at six o'clock. But the final roster is done now, Jamie. So what what do you think? the roster moves the final roster moves have told us about this this team moving forward
2: well a couple things is that you've got some tough decisions still to make on the defensive side of things and i honestly feel like army did this on purpose because that was such an area of concern last year and if you have an area that you feel you know lacked last year then why wouldn't you have more guys that can compete for the jobs honestly mm-hmm. they, and i know there are some some technicalities like look scott perunovich and tyler tucker would have had to clear waivers to go down to the minors and they probably would have been claimed but nonetheless it looks and feels like there's internal competition in a good way like your top four defensemen those guys have been leading the way here so far in in preseason and training camp watching them there today their first official team practice Those guys are on their toes they're executing they're they're playing you know with intensity or practicing with intensity Uh, so i I like that so what it tells me is that you have some numbers on the back end to make sure that that gets rectified or that's headed in the right direction and it also tells me that army's looking at some youth as well because jake neighbors did not require waivers to go into the minors looks like in the last couple of games played himself onto the roster Uh, nikita alexandrov he was probably headed down or headed for the waiver wire, had a really solid game in Dallas, comes back here, has a goal and a very solid game um, for the home game here against Dallas and played his way into you know not being put on waivers. Nathan Walker, Mackenzie McEachern, a little older. So when you look at it, you go, okay, if I'm doing the math and I have these players available to me, they got Alexandrov, who's younger. Than these guys I've got more runway with this player and the the level of talent is not all that dissimilar so if walker mckecker and alexandrov are all basically the same player you stay with the youth and you continue to develop with the young guy and i think it's a positive thing so i think that that's really what happened there as you looked at the numbers on defense he had eight guys on one-way contracts callie rosen on a two-way and he's 29 years old i know statistically he had a good season last year Uh, He's a great guy, but it is what it is. You're not going to lose Scott Perunovich or Tyler Tucker for nothing Mm -hmm. because that's essentially what happens. They pick up on waivers and they're gone. So that would be bad management of the roster by Doug Armstrong. And all four players who were put on waivers, including Malcolm Subban, who he had an incredible camp. He he really helped himself in, in that department. All four guys cleared waivers and are on their way down to Springfield. So all four guys will be available to the Blues At some point, if there is a lack of performance or if there's an injury of some kind. So, I I think Army did the right thing in the way he went about constructing this roster for the first game coming up on Thursday. You know, where it goes from here, we'll see. The rest of this, quite honestly, is on the players. More so the players and the coaching staff, but both those b- both entities together, they have a lot to prove. So, Jamie, I know
1: we got a text message, and you can always participate in the show. You can reach out via the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. You can also reach us on our YouTube channel, the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel at 101 SDL. But some people have asked a couple of times now. How do you expect this Blues team to be be better with a similar roster? What would you say to that?
2: Okay, so Cody Bellinger, uh, how was his season? Not this year that just went by. The season before, not good. Okay, how is his season this year? Excellent. Wow, is that amazing? But he's the same guy.
1: First of all, Cody Bellinger doesn't play hockey, and no. second of all, he's not a, he's not a blue.
2: I know. Anthony, so I sure don't know
1: how I don't know how Cody Bellinger is going to help you this year, Jamie. Those you're a smart guy. This was one of the worst answers I think you've ever given, though.
2: Yeah. You know what, Anthony? I totally overlooked the fact that you are clueless sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's fine. Let me help you. Yeah. So, as a comparable, okay, nothing to do with the Blues roster, nothing uh. to do with hockey. I guess what my 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 comparable is that if you have a really good player mm-hmm. that has a bad season, is he now a bad player?
1: No, it's just a bad season. Bad season.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, when the Blues put together this roster, and they have pretty much the same team. Not everybody had bad seasons last year. So, like, that's the thing that people have to try and get over. Like, Kairu, Thomas, Shen, a lot of guys had good seasons last year. Bucinevich had a good season. Mm-hmm. Kapanen and Verana were good for you when they got here. You know, a lot of that is positive now. Some guys that were here got traded, and there was a lot of movement on the roster. And your defense core did not overall have a great season. But that doesn't mean they can't turn it around. It doesn't mean they can't change. It doesn't mean they can't be what they once were you know, talking with Nick Letty, talking with Colton Pareko, talking with various guys on the team, they are, they are carrying a chip on their shoulder into the season this year. They understand and realize what the narrative is surrounding that defensive core, and they want to change that narrative. So, again, I go back to, you know, the, the question of, how can you expect anything different out of this roster? Well, because if you look at the the, the resume, their entire body of work for these players it tells me that they're really good NHL players, if not that, at least good NHL players. I think that we get back to that this season. Mm -hmm. I think that this team has been galvanized early. The attitude and the atmosphere surrounding this locker room and on the ice and everything that's going on, it's been very positive. Now, they haven't lost a game yet, right? But they also haven't won a game. So anybody can be happy at that point. But I just feel Braden Shen at the helm as the captain this year and the other leadership guys stepping up, knowing that last year was unacceptable, the coaching staff knowing that they don't want to have that same feeling. And Army, quite honestly, you think he likes it? No, he had a horrible off season because he had to answer questions all summer long about his roster, about his team, about the future of the team, about all that stuff. Yeah. So all those things combined tell me that you should be looking at a much better season for the Blues this year.
1: The other factor, too, and I know that this was brought up, Army, in fact, brought it up, where – You've got, and you you had said this in a segment last week. Everybody's under contract now. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of the same hurdles within that clubhouse, that that locker room that you did a year ago. And I'm not saying that this was the reason why the Blues lost last year. The on ice product was was the main reason, but you can't tell me that O'Reilly's contract situation and Tarasenko and Barbash's contract situation didn't didn't kind of just hang over the locker room a little bit. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And Vladimir Tarasenko, for as as good as he was the season before, in terms of not being a distraction and playing hard, I don't know if you got the same Vladimir Tarasenko last year that you did the year prior when things kind of emerged that he, that he wanted out. So I think you have to factor that in, too. It's not, yeah, it might be a similar roster, but there are some guys that did not play well last season or were impacting the roster in different ways and are not here either.
2: Yeah, and, you know, Army talked pretty openly about that. We had a chance to talk to him before camp even started. He just said, and Craig Berube kind of echoed that sentiment too, is they really didn't understand what kind of an impact that could have on the locker room and the overall success of the team. And the guys that were here with expiring contracts, not that they were bad guys, it just they're in a situation that you know they've one year left so ultimately they as individuals have to play well they have to produce stats that are going to get them paid whether it's here in St. Louis or somewhere else mm-hmm. and when you have a number of players that that is that big that are looking to cash in or that have this contract looming over them it kind of creates an anxiety amongst the group you can feel it from the individuals that are going through it then you add to the fire on that one that you have a guy that's been wanting to get out of here for a couple of years. Yep. How can you look at that teammate and think that he's buying into the team first mentality in a contract year to where, you know, he's wanted out of here. All of it created a, an odd situation for the blues that, you know, Craig Berube admits himself that wishes he would have handled it a little differently, but you don't know until you know, sometimes, sometimes you can't, you can't decide on certain players or make certain decisions until you've lived that moment. So now having lived that last year and having knowing what the outcome was, I think that not only the coaching staff and the management, but the players also know how to handle this. And the players know that they don't want a repeat of anything that happened last year. I think adding Kevin Hayes to this team and Oscar Sundquist, it, they're invaluable. You know, watching these guys with the way they interact with their teammates and then watching them as actual hockey players, the size that they bring, the puck possession skills that they have, and their ability to get to the front of the net. I think that that's going to make a big impact, too, on this roster. So, looking for things to be turned around quite a bit.
1: That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Staltzer. It's the Line on 101 ESPN. In hour two today, we will have Blues cues. So, if you've got Blues-related questions, you can start to send those in now to the Air Comfort Service Tax Line at 314-399-9646 or the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel at 101 ESPN-STL. In 20 minutes, we will talk about Mizzou's loss to LSU, share some takeaways of what what went wrong, uh, some of the things that were unfortunate, and also whether or not there's, uh, there's more of a, a you know silver lining when it comes to Mizzou's loss on uh, Saturday. But coming up next, NFL Pick'em Challenge. Did not go well for us this week, although we still got a chance to at least tie tonight. But biggest surprises from Week 5, the team that's in trouble moving forward, Smoke and Mirrors Team of the Week. That's all next on 101
0: ESPN. The We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers On 101 ESPN Get ready to pick'em It's the Fast Lane Football Pick'em Challenge On 101 ESPN Refreshed by Bud Light Boy, you sure know how to pick'em
1: We need the Packers to win tonight, and we've got the game for you. Raiders-Packers pregame starting at 6.30 right here on 101 ESPN. So Team Fastlane needs the Packers to win in order to get a tie, which uh, we'd be happy with because we're down, unfortunately, by two.
2: You know the problem week. I have, Anthony, overall with this whole thing right now, apart from the obvious, is if we tie, the fact, and I hope this doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but if we tie... The Rizzuto show is going to have some way to whine and complain about that. And they'll find some crazy way to make it so that like, they get the week. And th- This is why I didn't want to agree to anything with them. Because when you give them one smidge of wiggle room, then the whining just never stops. Now, it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So, but remember this conversation, that if Green Bay wins, tomorrow they go on the air and find some way to defrauded does something happen this that we're cheaters we did something wrong we're afraid of winning we're afraid of this and now they'll, they'll take the tie it's just you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's never end
1: uh first of all jamie you're you're absolutely right yes th- that's gonna happen that's a guarantee they're gonna whine about something nothing i can do about that however we did agree at scott air force base that once we made that that handshake agreement, that deal about yeah. the tie, the 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 Monday night and locking in the plays on Sunday, there that's it.
2: But we never there's talked nothing, about ties. We, we never talked.
1: about But it. I said that was it. That was the last rule change. There's nothing left. All right. We tied all last year, right?
2: Yeah, we tied a whole bunch of weeks last year.
1: So that's it. So the oh, Packers that, win tonight. That was
2: okay because you know, but but now watch.
1: You're right. It's gonna happen. So hopefully the Packers win tonight. We'll see how they they reframe things in the morning, but for right now i'm gonna concentrate on hopefully packers win because if they don't then it's a it's a a point point. uh marsh here's the other thing i want to get out of the way marsh you need you got to get two shots yes because you know speaking of whining they're they're going to be whining Uh. big time down the hallway and then i'm going to get nasty tweets about how i was a liar and this that and the other thing from from their weirdos and i love you weirdos but you're passionate and you, you think that marsh hasn't gotten his punishment he did i did so we haven't done the second. We haven't done the two. You got two coming up. Yeah. So when would you like to do that? So we get that scheduled. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. You want to do it in the office? We'll do it. We'll video it and then video.
2: We could even do it in here because people don't believe the video.
1: You want to do it live?
2: We can do it. Let's do it live. Blanket.
1: We'll do it live. I
2: would prefer to do it live. That way everybody can just have a glass of shut that you know what.
1: Love it. We'll do that. So tomorrow, Marsh faces his faces his punishment. Hopefully it's in a it's at least in a in a tie effort. us I hope so Anthony there you go I'll
3: make it'll make it feel better
1: uh yeah there you go for right now Carrie and I led the week with eight BT had seven Jamie had seven and Marsh had five so there's nothing nothing Marsh can do tonight all right your biggest surprise for better or worse in week five your biggest surprise
2: (laughs) well there are a couple Um. My biggest surprise, honestly, was the Patriots losing thirty-four nothing at home, at home to the Saints. Like, I, I, I have no crazy ideas that the Patriots are a Super Bowl contending team. Trust me on yeah. that. But thirty-four nothing is embarrassing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't. I don't even know where to begin. Mac Jones is not good. He's not playing good right now anyways. But he he literally has nobody to to play with.
1: Offensive line stinks. They got no running game. Nothing. Wide receivers are meh.
2: Whoever put that roster together, probably... Belichick. Bill. Mm -hmm. You you really screwed up. Like, big time. You gave this quarterback that you already had question marks about, you gave him nothing to work with. It's
1: bad. It's bad. Uh, I agree with that one. I was not surprised by... The 49ers taking it to the Cowboys. We'll get into that a little bit later on. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked by the Jaguars beating the Bills. The thing that really surprised me as it unfolded was the absolute carelessness multiple weeks in a row now with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? That offense could... The Steelers' offense could not move the ball at all in the first three quarters. They were atrocious and you get the ball on a uh, after a muffed punt you get the ball right there you can shut the crowd up after the Steelers have got back into it just execute a play and Lamar with as lazy of a throw as you're gonna see into the end zone on a fade which you deserve to get picked off in the end zone if you're running fades that's my opinion I hate the fade but Lamar with just a, a careless interception on that one, you, uh, this team shoots itself in the foot constantly. They're ahead of the chains. Huh? They're constantly in third and three, but then they take a sack or the run gets blown up or they fumble it. They're constantly in the opponent, opponent's uh, side of the field. Every week they're on that side of the field. Then they, then they botch something. The Ravens are sl- You cannot lose that game yesterday. I don't care it's a divisional game. I don't care it's the Steelers, and the games are tight. I realize all that. The Pittsburgh Steelers had about four four yards of total offense until the fourth quarter. And that is brutal. So that was my surprise. Well, the
2: Ravens, too, I think they're, they're wide receivers – we're confused that um they weren't cornerbacks because they kept yeah, batting right. the ball down
1: zay flowers had one <laughs> big play in the first half he drops one mark andrews had a play that i know he can make in the end zone for a touchdown he doesn't make it the ravens are are right there and not executing at all so that was my surprise what about you marsh
3: my surprise i'm gonna stick with that same game i'm gonna flip it over to the steelers though i was surprised that kenny pickett was able to win that game. And yeah, credit for, him absolutely. For the Steelers because they stayed in the game. I'll give them that, you know, I'll give them credit. You know, granted, it was probably because the Ravens were terrible, but they stayed in the game. Yeah. And I was not expecting the Steelers to drive down the field and, and win that game. And I gotta give credit to to Kenny Pickett. Apparently he Checked on that play. I don't know how factual that is. I saw it on, you know, on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw Matt Canada. He was the only guy in the OC room who was not excited that they <laughs> scored. Some people think it's because Kenny Pickett did not go with his play. Yeah, uh, I don't it's know. Probably how... why they scored. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how factual that is, but I saw that uh, on the internet and I thought it was funny. But uh, listen to these numbers. Kenny Pickett is four and one against AFC North opponents.
1: Those are the games you going to win. You Those gotta win your division games.
3: Absolutely. So
1: did you see him. the
2: video, by the way? Who's number nine for the Steelers?
1: Uh, ooh, I don't
3: know.
2: I forget. They're going to the locker room and Matt Canada, it's like a behind the scenes camera thing.
3: Chris Boswell. Yeah, Chris oh, Boswell. I saw
2: that. The Matt Canada is like celebrating the win, and he literally, I believe, goes, What are you so excited about? Or something like that. It's not. Who is it? It's it not would, because of you. That's not because of you I can tell you that what isn't that an old video though. I don't know Anthony, what the hell are you debunking my thing for
1: I thought I thought that Boswell did that like a year ago. I could be wrong. I Thought that was that well, was that's from a, a while case, ago.
2: Why would Matt Canada have not been with the team?
3: Maybe it wasn't
2: I don't know whatever you don't like my stories. So
3: I, I think it is. I think it is From from last year wasn't it from something else. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But it is funny. It's funny. It still happens. It's still Jamie. funny nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Don't be angry. I am. Okay. All right. Move uh, on. We're going we're gonna to continue I this. said move on. We're going to continue move this. On. we got other questions that we haven't gotten to. But we want to get into Mizzou's loss to LSU. Oh,
2: say positive.
1: Jamie is not pleased with Mizzou. In fact, he took the loss personal. He'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. the response and there it is again from jayden daniels and this offense
1: one of the many heartbreaking calls from the weekend as mizzou falls to lsu 49 39 in a game in which it's not like they blew it they, they came out firing though they're up 22 to 7 they blew it early, <laughs> early in the second quarter but you can't even watching it though jamie you knew that lsu was going to respond right like you're watching it's twenty two to seven, you're feeling great, you're rooting for Mizzou, but you knew LSU was gonna respond, no?
2: At some point, yeah. Okay. It's your your opportunity at that point to punch him back in the face. Very true. Sit there and take it. What was your what was your overall takeaway? So my overall takeaway was that uh Mizzou came out firing. They came out like a team that knew this was a huge game. That they came out like a team that it was a home game. Their crowd, the energy, like, just flowing mm-hmm. all around Columbia. And they took it to LSU. They had their foot on the gas. They played with almost like reckless abandon. Then they didn't. Then they just stopped. Mm-hmm. So they get that last score before halftime or whatnot. They get the ball back to begin the second quarter. And you could just tell there was something different. The pace of their offense had slowed down. Uh, the The play calling had changed to much more conservative play calling. What are we doing here? Like, the Doug Armstrong, you take the knife and jab it in and twist it and kill him. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what you had to do. That's all Eli Drinkwitz and the Mizzou Tigers had to do is continue, just unleash the fury. Nope, they played conservative. You know, like, let's not get carried away here. And then what happened? LSU put their foot on the gas. Why? Because they had nothing to lose. So almost like the first half where Mizzou kind of probably felt like we have nothing to lose because LSU is this big powerhouse. They're having a bad year whatnot, but nah, you know what? So what? LSU played the second half that way, and Mizzou was not able to match it. And then once the wheel started to fall off, boy, it fell off. That defense fell apart, too. Mm -hmm. And Marshy brought up a great point. That quarterback uh, got some kind of an injury or a discomfort and wasn't really throwing the ball downfield. So now all you got to do is stack the box, take away the run, take away the quarterback sneaks, take away the quarterback play, the, the runs that are designed for a quarterback.
1: Yeah.
2: It was, I, they took the foot off the gas, and when LSU Tigers went zooming past them, then they tried to find the gas again, and they didn't have enough gas there. Mm-hmm. That was my overall assessment of it. I feel like Mizzou had a great opportunity, and they, they blew it with that yeah. second half. So
1: I was I was kind of struggling to find like really nail down how I felt about this game because one you you know you come in and you've got an LSU team that has two losses coming in and you're undefeated but your wins you have stockpiled are are against you know non conference average opponent average average non conference foes. And then Kansas State, and the Kansas State win was was absolutely legit. Although, if you watched Kansas State on Friday night lose to Oklahoma State as an 11-point favorite, that win looks a little worse now, too. But here's my overall takeaway on the, on the Mizzou-LSU game. I thought that there were more positives to come out of that game than negatives. The biggest one being... That even though Mizzou ranked, was ranked 21st and LSU was ranked 23rd, they looked even, and this is an LSU team that was ranked in the top 10 coming into the season yeah, until they played. Well, they they had a bad half against Florida State, dropped them back, but they st- but where did odds where did uh, where did where, where did uh, college football voters rank them though? They didn't drop them out of the top 25. They kept them in it, and then they lo- then they lose to Ole Miss but that was kind of a track meet in which they they probably should have won that one. You looked even with the team that a lot of people felt was a playoff team coming into the year. Okay, that's number one. If you boil down, though, what happened on the fields, I think the biggest difference was LSU's offensive speed, it looked like a mismatch. I don't think that Mizzou defensively had the speed on the field's to match up with LSU, so it's like you were pretty even, but when it put when when push came to shove, you still don't have the athletes yet to match up with what a team like LSU is going to bring to the table. And I think if they play that game ten times, I, I think that the game kind of looks the sim it looks similar. And Jamie, to your point about the rushing ability or Marsh bringing up their rushing ability, if you want to spy the QB, which is look which looks like what Mizzou was doing. You better have somebody that can do it. That's a lot of open space for a guy like Daniels to work with. And I thought the play design on the one where he ran—you know—they were right around midfield, and he had the what was it 49 yards for for a touchdown? Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I, I gave him too much credit on that. Maybe it was a 35-yard run. When they released the guard, they knew that the, that Mizzou wasn't blitzing. They were spying Daniels. So they released the guard to the spy, gotten his face, and that's all Daniels needed. That's a creative play design by LSU, based on what Mizzou did in the first half. So I think there's a coaching element there too, where well, you, were step, you were kind of you're a step behind too in the second half. So you didn't have the athletes, and then they made the adjustments to beat you, as opposed to let's make the adjustments to like l- figure out our limitations. I thought that was the biggest difference. Otherwise, the inverted snap that was that that was bad. You had a you you went from third and one to third and six. I was talking to Jackson Action Jackson about this, and he he made a great point on this. Third and one, you can handle that because you were running the ball well. Now you're third and six, and that's when Brady Cook got stripped. So there was a lot of small plays that add add up to be big. And Mizzou had their 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 chances, but I think the overall point was you had a team that was ranked sixth in the nation at one point and you look pretty even. You get a couple more athletes. I think Eli has got this thing going in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you're right, but nonetheless, I also look at it as you had that team, everything you just talked about. You had that team and you didn't win. And and you didn't put it you yeah. didn't put it away. Yeah. You didn't finish what you could have done. It's fair. I feel like it's a Mizzou thing. Honestly, look back, of course, the fi- you know, the five down game. Mm-hmm. That's a very unfortunate situation. By the way, I still don't know how how that happened. In.
1: Yeah, but I still don't never, think he was in.
2: Never mind if he was in or not.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't happen.
2: How did yeah, how did the players and the coaching staff from Mizzou not realize that he just spiked fourth down? Nobody even right. reacted. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I guess we're gonna have another. What good spike? You could see the people in the crowd waving like, hey, <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like it's a Mizzou thing. Like in these big games, they show up last year when they had Georgia on the ropes. Now, now that's a little much. I know Georgia's gonna come back and pound you, but.
1: Yeah, you did though. I mean,
2: but you did. Like you have these moments, and you can't close it out. This is one of those moments where I felt like, whether it was the players, the play calling, or the adjustments that weren't made, the coaching staff, all of it together combined, is why you didn't hang on for the victory. Mm -hmm. But if Mizzou wants to take those steps in the SEC to where they're getting good recruiting classes, but they want to take the next step, they've got to win those games. Yeah. You were the team that's ranked the same as you, that were really highly ranked before in and around where you are right now. Home field, you have to win that game.
1: Sure. And you were doing it in front of a lot of recruits, too. Yeah. There was a ton of recruits. Kids that were committed to
2: other schools went for a visit Mm -hmm. looking to flip those guys.
1: Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you're at the doorstep there. It's a fascinating one-on-one ESPN. What can we take away from Katie Wu's article about, on the athletic? She had some interesting thoughts about the state of the clubhouse midway through the year. Plus, what about this postseason
2: press conference? Which one, Anthony? Well,
1: apparently the one uh, Cardinals were going to
2: have, then they nixed it. Oh, yeah, that one.
1: Not a good luck We'll get into that next on one-on-one ESPN. <laughs> 302 Your Time Check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. and Anthony Stoltz. This Fastlane. Appreciate everybody listening here on a Monday. Interesting article by Katie Wu, who actually followed through with an end-of-the-season recap, unlike the team she covers that decided to nix a postseason presser. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But this was the, the paragraph that Katie wrote that we all kind of said, whoa, okay. She said, I've been I've been pretty transparent about this job. Being a major league beat writer is all I've ever wanted to do. That I get to do so covering the Cardinals, a franchise so rich in history with such high expectations is not a responsibility I take lightly. But there were some really tough days, especially in the early months of the year. I think back to the first half of the season, the terse post-game news conferences, the awkward silences lingering in the clubhouse after yet another loss the careful phrasing of pointed questions that were going to elicit a harsh response regardless i remember katie writes how the team's tone gradually shifted from the initial shock in april to incomprehensible frustration in may before settling on defeated disappointment by the end of june and after a particularly brutal road trip to texas one that landed me in hot waters, read the manager's office, multiple times, I recall thinking, wow, everybody here is miserable. I would expect the team to be miserable yeah. throughout the course of that. And Katie's just pointing out what she, what she said. No, this I mean, just a recap a,
2: of how it went.
1: Yes, this is not a, well, what did you expect, Katie? No, I think she she penned that uh, perfectly.
2: Well, I think a lot of people, we think, oh, what did you expect? But there are a lot of people that I guarantee were watching going, I wonder if they even care. I wonder if mm-hmm. it even affects them. Yeah. they don't care. They're making their millions. You're right. Well, she's just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit to go. Yeah, they're making their millions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and yes, they didn't win, and they didn't change things, and it was ugly. Yeah. But they weren't happy about it. So life Jamie, was bad back here.
1: You're right. So Jamie, this this leads us perfectly into the the postseason press conference that the Cardinals decided to cancel. So they're not they're not going to have their postseason presser. Jamie, I think what Katie wrote. It ties in perfectly with the postseason presser. This team, for better or worse, was not prepared to have a losing season. Good, you shouldn't prepare to have one. But they, they had no idea when the wheels started to fall off and they, start, they, they were on the highway and all of a sudden they started hitting the rumble strip and it's like, what? Wait, okay, try to veer back on. Nope, blown tire. They're off in a ditch. No idea how to get back on. Uh-huh. And I wonder if this front office... Is so befuddled on even what to say following a historically bad season that they just ducked out. Either way, regardless of what whether or not they're prepared or whether or not they're prepared moving forward, this is a bad look. You gotta say something to your fan base. You gotta say something to your stockholders that still supported, and I get it, they're supporting Wayno, but still showed up that last weekend that will be back next year despite their frustrations, despite their disappointments. Just That's just what Cardinals fans do. They're loyal. They're dedicated. They're passionate. You don't say anything to them? Why? Because you feel like you've already said it? Say it again. I think this is a terrible look. What about
2: you? Anthony, I couldn't agree more. I mean, when I heard the news of the press conference being postponed slash canceled, they talk about... I guess they said something to the effect of um, they'll wait till after the World Series or something that if they even do anything. What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. In a moment of crisis. So if you're a, you know, a leader of an army or of a a mayor of a village or whatever it is, right? In a time of crisis, your people need to feel calm, like that the leadership has got this.
1: Even if you don't.
2: Even if you don't. I mean, it. It makes no sense to me at all. If the thought is that, well, we've already talked about everything, and then to your point, do it again. Maybe expand a little more as to how this is really sitting terrible for you, watching other teams play in the postseason. Like, why would you not take the advantage or the moment to take advantage of the situation and say, hey, look, we we understand how bad this season was. We know exactly what we need to do to get this back on the rails here. Mm-hmm. And it really stings. It makes us angry to a person that we're watching other teams play right now when we should be one of those teams. We failed. We didn't do it right. We didn't build a team right. We overlooked some things. That won't happen again. Questions? Yeah. Boom. And now the media's going to be, well, who are you targeting? In the-? Well,
1: can't obviously
2: we can't get into that now because – There are a couple of guys that are still out there pitching right now that, boy, they'd look good in a Cardinal uniform, but we can't get into that right now. Mm -hmm. But that's, if you're asking me what our thought process is, thought is we need to make sure that our rotation is a rotation the teams look at and are not wanting to face it. We need to make sure that our offense is an offense where there are no easy outs. We got to get Cardinals baseball, not just back into the playoffs, but back to being prominent. Yes. It's not hard. It's not hard. Hey, Mo, call me. I'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. I'll even wear a bow tie, mm. okay? I will. And I'll I answer all the questions.
1: Careful with that, Mo. He may, he'll show up in just a bow tie. It, so It's possible, and Just specify. You
2: know what? Distractions mm-hmm. are good sometimes, okay? But true. my point is, is I don't have to be Cardinals front office. I don't have to be an owner. I don't have to be a player or manager. Anything to do with the Cardinals. I could go have the press conference right now. And tell people what they need to hear and what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And identify what the problem was. Nobody in Cardinal Nation is is foolish to look at that team last year and go, oh, it was just bad luck. Right. No. It wasn't. So why not? Why not? Why hide from it? Why hide? Why not just address it? Meet it head on. Try to rebuild some of that confidence.
3: We get a text from the 314. Hey, guys, I feel like Mo has made statements And then weeks later, has backtracked on those statements. And I'm wondering if he is gun-shy about saying something in a press conference and not holding up to that statement throughout the offseason. And then he's going to look bad again. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. So this this goes back to, Jamie, what I told you in the office. I said, if I'm Mo, I'd rather be called a liar than incompetent. I would rather go out and say, we're going to add pitching, and if for some reason you don't add enough – and people say, well, you lied to us. You said you're gonna add a bunch of pitching. Yeah, things change. As opposed to saying nothing, and then everybody, like like our text is it it's a great text. Everybody's starting to think you don't know what you're doing. And maybe, maybe he doesn't right now. But I would rather be called a liar than incompetent. If those are my only two choices. Because remember, the fan base is gonna be ticked no matter what. We in the media are gonna be ticked no matter what. This is a horrible season. Yep. It's worse to me if you don't if you don't get up on the post the the uh the table there and say this is this is unacceptable. And I love what you said. Lament the fact that this is brutal for us. This is awful watching these teams play right now in October.
2: Yeah, like and look, even if John Moselock has had conflicting statements recently where he goes and says, We're gonna get three starters, and he's like, Well, it may not be three, we're not sure. Like mm-hmm. so what? Go back again and say, listen, here's the deal. If you're asking me about the the, the, the semantics of me saying three and then maybe not three, it's because right now everything's in play. Yeah. Everything. At the time, we, we literally had one guy that was part of the rotate. We had, we had Michaelis. Everybody else was either a, a kid, a newbie, or injured. So at that time, I looked at our rotation and thought we we absolutely need at least three. Then as it went on, Zach Thompson stepped up a little bit. There's some promise. Maybe I know some things now about Steven Matz to where maybe he was healthier at the end of the season, but we didn't push it, but know that he's going to be healthy for spring training. So, you know, Yeah. but make no mistake, as the Cardinals, we're going to be adding top-end pitching. We're going to go after the best pitching we can possibly get, and hopefully they like us too, And we have a marriage.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Just say that. Well, I don't, I just don't understand what's so complicated about it. Yeah. It's not like you're guaranteeing things. Like, honestly, Mo, when you said you're going to raise payroll, I thought it was a mistake, too. Why do that? Just say, hey, we're going to spend. Yeah. We're going to spend. Not sure how much yet, but we're going to spend. Now, yeah, you said you're going to spend. Well, I did spend. Yeah. Right. Then you get
1: in a, tit for tat
2: i know but but the point is tell like be honest and open about the process right now because people are not accustomed to seeing what they saw this year from the cardinals mm-hmm. so again confidence in government if we're using just terms like that sure is low yeah you got to get the confidence back up amongst your people yep no question and you can't do that sitting in a corner
1: yeah not saying anything you're absolutely right. That is Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Seltzer. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. we are got our Blues Qs coming up, so Blues-related questions coming up next. Again, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service Tax Line, or if you want to try out our Air Alliance team YouTube channel, you can follow us at 101 STL. Blues Qs next.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. now it's time for the fast lanes blues cues
1: that's right time for some blues cues again still time to get in some blues related questions 314-399-9646 is the air comfort service text line or hit us up on the air alliance team youtube channel at 101 espn stl what do you got marsh
3: yeah real quick the 636 wants to let us know that steve the original host of blues clues
2: turns 50 today happy birthday steve you remember that guy? I do. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, quite an exceptional little artist for just having that little notepad. Mm-hmm. Always amazed me. And he always took like the the odd way of drawing something. You know, like he's the guy that would like draw the windows first and then the house. Yeah. Like what?
1: He had different vision. That's Steve. He Absolutely. Did. Yeah. But he solved clues and uh, or uh Yeah. Solved mysteries and just a saying.
2: It was a good pet owner. Yeah. Uh, Blue is taken care of very well.
1: No doubt. Mm-hmm. So,
2: happy birthday, Steve. So from Blue's clues to Blue's cues
3: mm. from the 636, could it be that the Blues overperformed two years ago and the team is just a fringe wildcard team at best? Where, how did they
2: overperform two years ago? Like, Riddle me that. Can what, you? It, did they win the cup two years ago? No. No, no were they even the team that was uh, in first place? going in the bubble 2 years ago? No. No. So, so I don't know where they've overperformed, quite honestly.
1: Well, if you overperformed 2 years ago, then didn't they underperform last year then?
2: Well, they definitely underperformed last year. I mean, it works both ways. <laughs> yeah. So right. you
1: can't you can't say they overperformed 2 years ago then bring back <laughs> a similar roster and then they you know, they weren't good and you're like, "That stank." You got to say they underperformed then.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. Um yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I, I don't believe that to be true.
1: You know, we got we, we're getting text messages, but guys, if you are being honest, it's an average team. Or you are being if you are being honest, it's a five hundred team. Look, my opinion is they're they're gonna make they're, they're a playoff team. I, I've never said they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. I never said they're gonna make a deep run. I think that the expectation should be whether it is the last seed in the Western Conference or the top seed, they're a playoff team this year. That's what I believe. Yeah, and I am being honest. I think they'll they'll play better. I think that this roster a year... The roster a year ago we all thought was a playoff team. So now if you're saying, well, they're the same roster, they stunk last year. Okay, well, what happened from a year ago? It, can't, it couldn't just be the way that, that, that the season unfolded. You wound up trading a bunch of guys that you were expecting to have at the start of the year. So, in other words, the variables change multiple times here. Given what they currently have on this roster... I think that they are a playoff team. I do not think that they're just merely a 500 team.
2: Yeah, I echo. That's my honest opinion. I echo what you're saying. It, and it's up to the players, too. So it's the forecasting and all that and what they're going to be, I mean, that's it's nothing. It's a prediction, which means nothing. So to anybody, whether they have the Blues ranked in the bottom five or the top five.
1: You're right to your opinion.
2: Until they play the games, you don't know. So that's where I'm leaving it. I see this team on a daily basis now. I definitely think they're a playoff team.
3: I don't want to speak for the city of St. Louis. Oh, boy. Don't
2: do that. So I won't do it. My
3: personal opinion, I feel like maybe some fans who are fans of the Blues and the Cards saw what the Cards did this year. They did not change anything when it came to their starting pitching. Mm -hmm. I wonder if some fans feel the same way that it could happen since the Blues didn't really do anything at their defense.
2: Do you think some people are just pissed off, though, in general? Not even at the Blues. Yeah. They're just well, mad yeah. because the Blues and then the Cardinals both had losing seasons. And yeah, now they're, they're just angry. Yeah,
3: I do. And I don't blame them. I don't blame because them Because we all, all had high expectations for both these teams this previous season. So I can understand why people are frustrated. We'll just see how things play out. We'll find out on Thursday. Yeah, baby. Right here on 101 ESPN. Pregame starts at six. Puck drop is at seven. Look at this kid. Lone Star State. Yeah. That's that, baby. From the 314, what does Callie Rosen have to be better at to stay in the NHL?
2: Many fans like his game. Yeah, I like his game, too, as a seventh defenseman. But you can't have him as a seventh defenseman right now. Here's what our fans need to realize or people who are watching. If Callie Rosen was so sought after... He wouldn't be on a two-way deal with the st louis blues he wouldn't have just cleared waivers where you could pick him up for nothing i like cali rosen i think he's a solid seventh defenseman he's a guy that when you have injuries you put him into your lineup and he can kind of move around and play a little bit of everything but he doesn't excel at one thing in particular if he did He'd have the big contract. He'd have the multi-year deal. He would have multiple suitors for him. I speak this way because I was that guy. I was the guy that near the end of my career as I got older, I I passed through waivers. Could have had me for free. They didn't want me. There's a reason. There's a reason. And so no matter how good you play as a 29-year-old depth defenseman, you're always expendable because there's younger players that teams don't want to part ways with yet or don't want to risk having to part ways with yet. Sure. So the, the cost certainty of this type of thing is, well, if Callie Rosen gets picked up, we still have eight defensemen. If he doesn't, we have available we have him available to us in the minors. So, again, I like Callie Rosen. Uh, he does a little bit of everything very well. He projects to be on any lineup on any team in the NHL as a seventh defenseman. From the
3: 636, Bennington and Hofer. Will this be like Bennington and Allen, Bennington and Huso, or Bennington and Grice? Because the dynamic was way different last year.
2: Yeah, it was an odd dynamic um, for sure. I think this is more like probably a Bennington and Allen situation, but with Jake Allen or with Jordan Bennington playing the role of Jake Allen a little bit. You know, not where Jake gets his job taken from him, but where Jake Allen is the number one guy and Bennington is the young goalie trying to make his mark. Um, uh, Joel Hofer watching him, I mean, he is a very big, very talented goalie. I don't think it's quite like Husso type situation, but I believe the Blues have a great one-two punch in between the pipes. Look across the NHL. Teams are trying to get two goalies with the the capabilities of Jordan Bennington and Joel Hofer some teams have it some teams don't I really like the combination I think this is gonna be beneficial to both goalies and obviously ultimately beneficial for the team from the 314 Jamie who
3: is our best faceoff man do you feel that our centers line up with other teams how do you see the centers taking faceoffs on special teams
2: yeah um... I think we've got some pretty good face-off guys. You know, Robert Thomas has really evolved in the face-off dot. I think that uh, Braden Shen, uh, you know, he, he's a guy, too, you want out there. Kevin Hayes is a good face-off guy. Oscar Sunquist is a good face-off player. I could see a situation where when the game's on the line and you have to secure the one-goal lead where you'd have both Thomas and Sunquist on the ice at the same time or a combination of Thomas and Braden Shen, so you get the left-handed shot, the right-handed shot. Much like they used to do with ryan o'reilly and robert thomas i think right now robert thomas is probably your go-to guy from the 314 who is perunovic going to play
3: with how does scandela look i only saw him play one preseason game and he looked pretty good then he blocked the shot off his leg slash ankle and my stomach dropped do you think he can stay healthy
2: i hope so i i think that if nothing else when he's been healthy marco scandela has proved to be a pretty good commodity for the St. Louis Blues last year. Is the, the first thing that pops up for me is watching him play after coming back from being injured, and he really, you know, he he helped that defensive core. He gave it a little boost. Then unfortunately, he got injured again. So, to the Texter's point, yeah, it, it's a struggle for Marco Scandella in recent years to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, then he helps the Blues. If he can't, this is why you have that depth so you can kind of move on even without a player.
3: Sticking with the defense from the 618, who is that physical D man who will make teams pay for sitting in front of our goalie?
2: Well, uh, for you know, look, you got Robert Bortuzzo who's a big physical guy, but he's not going to be in the lineup every night. As it sits right now, it doesn't look like he's playing in Dallas. That could change. We're several days ahead, but you know, you know, kind of reading the tea leaves on what the pairings are. Tyler Tucker is going to be out there. And if that's the case, then Tyler Tucker has to be that guy. And quite honestly, they all have to be that guy. Craig Berube, one of the first drills he ran today at practice was two forwards driving to the net front and the defenseman having to stop them from getting to the net front. Mm-hmm. So he's testing the forward and the defenseman at the same time, you know, challenging the forwards to get to the front of the net and, and you know, establish body position. He's challenging the defenseman get them get them out of the way. Yeah. So it's not just going to be one guy. Like. Tyler Tucker can't play 60 minutes. Robert Bortuzzo can't play 60 minutes. So you better get some help somewhere else. There better be some guys with a little bit of jam to make sure net front presence isn't so welcome for the opposition.
3: All right, final one here should be a fun one. From the 6 6 Jamie, did you
2: have these team bonding trips in your playing days? Uh, we did, but not like this. Like Towards the end of my career, we did a couple things. I do remember one time we did a, uh, a retreat here at Scott Air Force Base nonetheless Anthony nice. we went there Mike kitchen was the head coach at time with the blues my second tour of duty here with the blues pardon the pun we headed out to Scott Air Force Base and they i mean the hospitality was incredible we got to do some team bonding stuff and then we we did a whole bunch of like the army tr- or the air force training mm. with the cadets and the people the, you know, the the servicemen and women that were out there it was pretty awesome. We enjoyed it, and then there was a night for sure where it was uh, all the uh, servicemen and women that were at their, the watering hole there, and we got to share some some beers and some stories with them. Uh, it was a great experience. But early in my career, the team bonding trips were the first long road trip of the year. Yep. Coaches would identify that, and let's say it's out to L.A. or Vancouver or one of those places, you'd go a couple days early and make sure that you... You know, have your team bonding and whatnot, and then let the season kind of get going from there. So that's kind of what—that's kind of how it was for me in my career.
1: Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We've got prophecies, and eh, sounded good at the time. That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: All right, time for prophecies, i.e. things we got right last week when making our predictions. And uh, it sounded good at the time. Mm. Things we got wrong. Yeah. Marsh, you said, I got a few I can rattle off. So do, would you like to start <laughs> off with a prophecy? Let's just do one at a time here, all right? Okay. Would you like to start off with feeling good or criticizing criticizing ourselves? What See, would you I, like to go? I
3: would rather start off criticizing myself and then build myself build back, up. back up. Build yourself back up. I like that. Absolutely. Okay. So, Marsh,
1: what was... What was one of your? Eh, it sounded good at the time.
3: Yeah, I said Kentucky would upset Georgia, oh, and wow. that absolutely <laughs> did not happen. So uh, we'll start off with that one being one of my. Well, sounded good at the time. I don't even know if it sounded good at the time. In my head, it did. Yeah. We know those visions that I get. Sometimes yeah. they don't come true, mm-hmm. or at least uh, they do, but it takes a while, and it, I really have to, you know, will it into existence. With we, my mind.
1: We know that your visions, uh, they they don't come true, and then you paint a whole nother vision, yes. and then you say that was the vision I was supposed to have. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Makes uh, sense. Yeah,
2: Kentucky, not good. Hmm. Yeah, so I thought for sure that the Patriots and Mac Jones would have a bounce back after all the turmoil of the benching and the Bailey Zappi and who's going to be the quarterback and playing the Saints, who quite honestly was a kind of an unassuming Opponent, meh, whatever. I thought, well, Uncle Bill's going to dial it up here. He's going to be ready to go. Mac Jones is going to prove why well, he's a QB1. Yeah. Yeah, we know where that ended up. Mm. Mac Jones back on the bench again uh, and shut up 34 nothing. Took that one right in the Liberty (laughs) Balls. Just
1: a terrible home home effort there. All right, my, yeah, sounded really good at the time, was in the Texas-Oklahoma-Red River rivalry. I said Texas was going to pound them. I didn't understand why the line was only four or five at the time. It got bet down to three and a half, so obviously somebody knew what they were doing because they favored Oklahoma. Mm. I said Oklahoma wasn't impressive this year. I listed the opponents, went through that whole thing yeah, Texas lost out right now. They had every opportunity to win that. In fact, they scored a late touchdown, but could not stop Dylan Gabriel, who put on an absolute show. Credit to him. Credit to that kid. A lot of experience under his belt. And and give Brent Venables, the head coach, a lot of credit, because Texas steamrolled Oklahoma last year in that same matchup. So yeah, that was my... That eh, sounded good at the time.
3: Uh, Marsh, you have another one? That was my other one. Texas. Texas. Because yeah. we both said... Oklahoma hasn't played anybody this year. Yeah, look at their schedule. They're going to
2: lose. I had another one. I had uh, the Colts just running Jonathan Taylor into the ground until I found out that they offered him a multi-year deal making a whole bunch of money. (laughs) And then I was like, yep, thats uh, they're probably going to slow play this one now. They care about him now. He had like, what, five mm. carries or something for like 13 yards. Yeah. Zach Moss looked great. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Anthony. I'm okay, just you saying, that, you know. But I thought. They, you didn't know. I thought it was going to be like, we'll show him. He's going to get 30 carries today. Nope, he didn't even get 30 yards.
1: Mm. Sorry okay. about that, Jamie. Yep. Um, bad call. I felt bad for this one. Not only did Mizzou lose outright. But we handed out Mizzou ah. as a play and fade or follow, plus yeah. five and a half.
2: We had it. Until the pick the
1: six. The pick six, yeah. that is called a, well, one, a bad beat. Mm. Two, that's called a front door cover ah. by LSU. Mm-hmm. So not only did Mizzou lose, but we also handed out Mizzou, taking the points, uh-huh. and they lost on that one.
2: Yeah, our poor guy there in the... Uh fan
1: duel yeah fader fall not great not great at all all right do we have any more sounded good at the times marsh i I feel like you had a couple
3: more uh i mean (laughs) (laughs) when you look at the uh nfl slate yeah i could rattle off maybe like i don't know (laughs) nine of them uh obviously minnesota i don't even know if that sounded good at the time really i just had to roll with my guys but uh
2: you didn't have to. You don't well, have to. You, I, I didn't. I do it all the time. I say one thing and do something totally. He back. really I does. <laughs> I like He's to stick famous with it for though. It now. I like to stick with it. It's but, kind of uh, thing. That was a bad one.
3: Um, I Houston losing to Atlanta. I won't even count that though. They they should have won that game. That was a good game. I thought Houston for the most part played well, played good enough to win. But at the end of the day, they didn't. So
1: yeah. I won't play that Houston, in Houston. I had Houston over Atlanta, too. So, I did not. When they scored the late, so when Houston scored the late, so I was trying to go up. I go, hey, Ritter, you've had a decent game. There's no way you take these guys down. Mm-hmm. And he methodically went right up the field and threw a great pass to Drake London that set him up for the field goal to, to win it. So that kid was trashed all week following the performance last week in London, and he, sh- he showed up.
3: Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I took the Bills this week. I've been fading the Bills. They keep winning when Mm. I fade them. So, sorry, Donnie Fandango. I took the Bills this week, and they lost. Mm. So, I'll throw that one in there, too. All right. So, some prophecies, some things that we got right. I got Joe
1: Burrow right. You did get Joe Burrow. He looked good. He looked good. He looked angry. He looked so good, I go, okay, I've been Hammering the Bengals. I've been living high in the hog saying fade the Bengals. Well said. He looked good, though. I'm like, uh, maybe Cincinnati gets back in it here.
2: 317 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw one pick.
1: But he looks spry, though, too. Like, he was avoiding sacks. He leaped over a defender one time. Like, he, he, that mobility looks like it's back. And guess what? Jamar
2: Chase was really open. Was he ever? Just like, Fine, I'm going to throw it to you 16 times today. And Jamar Chase was like, good. good. I'm going to catch it 16 times. Thank in. you. But yeah, yeah, Joe Burrow was kind of my one where I thought, like, he can't be this bad. Even mm-hmm. though I knew he was injured, I thought I thought he was going to have a bounce back week. I thought he had to, to save their season. Yeah. So if they go one and four, it's all over. Now mm-hmm. at two and three, it doesn't look horrible, especially when you're watching the Ravens play the way they did. Oh, Ugh, I
1: know not great uh one of the prophecies that I had was Georgia wouldn't only win they'd destroy <laughs> Kentucky I said they would win by two plus touchdowns they <laughs> you, did so
2: you got that buddy <laughs> I,
1: I faded I was on the opposite side of your your guys that eh, sounded good at the time that was one of my one of my prophecies other than that I mean I, I don't I'm not gonna claim like the 49ers we all had the 49ers we all loved I don't I don't want to claim that as a prophecy I feel like everybody kind of Sided with the Niners. Yeah, but d- you know what? The only thing can... I'll
2: say in our defense to that one is: Did we really think it'd be forty-two to ten?
1: No, but I thought it could. It, it had the capability of being that. Yeah. I thought the Niners would win convincingly. Maybe not forty-two to ten. That, that's impressive. That's that is impressive.
3: I did have one that I really was excited about. What do you got, kid? And out of the five correct picks I got this week <laughs> for the NFL Pick'em Challenge, yeah, one of them. Was Zach Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the New York Jets. There you go. I picked them to win in a revenge spot for Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And Russell Wilson did Russell Wilson things.
2: So that's what happened to me. They're actually, they fall in my category of like, well, sounded good at the time. Yeah. I thought mile high. At home. I did the same thing. The Nathaniel Hackett game. Yeah. You know, let's do it for Coach Payton Mm because he just badmouthed this guy for no reason at all and made himself look like a bit of an ass at the same time. But no, we got his back. Yeah, The Jets said, no, 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 not today. What we're going to do is Nathaniel Hackett, you're our fourth captain today of the game. <laughs> That's what they did. That's what they, they did. Robert Sala made him fourth captain. The whole team went freaking crazy, <laughs> wanting to murder everybody for this guy. And then they gave him the game ball after. Yeah.
1: There you go. You did a terrible job here last year, but Sean Payton called you out for it. Now we're going to
3: reward you.
2: Now we got your back and they yeah, did. They did though, you're right. Did you see
3: what Robert Sala said to Sean Payton when the two met up at no. what midfield? You well you can't there's no audio to it, but if you read his lips, it looks like he says stay humble. Oh really? Yeah. I thought he said your movie sucked. He probably said that too. <laughs> Probably said that, too. Anthony doesn't think that, though. It's one of his A uh,
2: Solid movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's that moment right there. Yeah. It's yeah. your time. <laughs> your movie sucks. <laughs> Jamie, you also got the
1: Colts over the Titans. That was your upset special. It was my upset yeah. special. Yep. Uh, Marsh and I whiffed. You had the Rams over the Eagles. I had the Texans over the Falcons. So those were our upset specials. Uh, blowout special. Jamie, you had the Dolphins over the Giants. Uh, Marsh, you had the Lions over the Panthers. I'm just looking at this now. I had the Bills over the Jaguars. Whoops. Not only did they not... Well, I'm out they didn't even we, win
2: we screwed that up though by the way remember we talked about it they had been in London yeah they went through a whole week of being in the same spot no craziness no travel we should we really as a group should have at least split yeah on that game
1: Josh Allen was
2: just all about the uh the coffee yeah, he was... Tell- he was it's full- like, I'm
1: not really a coffee drinker. He's drinking it all day just to stay awake.
2: It's just so he wouldn't screw up his sleep pattern.
1: Yeah, because they, they went over... They traveled, and then they pr- they stayed up and practiced. Yeah. So they could try to get... Whatever. They stunk. They weren't good. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get back into our NFL Week 5 roundup here. So which team is in trouble moving forward? Smoke and mirrors. Which QB is disappointed, uh, disappointed over the weekend? All that next on 101 ESPN. Last night on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. Let's let's dive back into our Week Five roundup. Which team is in trouble moving forward? The team that you saw yesterday that you're like, "Wow, you're in trouble." And of course, we're not ta- <laughs> we're not talking about like the Patriots. We kind of knew they were in trouble moving forward. But a team that is at least a fringe contender, you're like, "Yep, you're in trouble." Oh man, I got one. Go ahead. I got the one that I had in the Super Bowl. The ravens mm-hmm.
2: oh god yeah
1: the ravens uh-huh. i think to some degree we have to have a little patience with the offense it wasn't just gonna flip over and then lamar is gonna have 300 yard games there is a transition that has to happen i get that but they are careless with the football they do not execute in the red zone they do not execute when they get in the opponent territory they're constantly going back. Lamar takes too many sacks. The interception he threw yesterday was awful. They can run the ball sometimes. Like Justice Justice Hill had a couple of good runs yesterday. Other than that, they're not running the ball well. They do, they just are they're still living on their talent. That's what they are. But they're in trouble. 10 points yesterday against a, a Pittsburgh team that that is leave them dead they're half dead they're half dead when you walked into that stadium yesterday and you gave them life and you gave Cincinnati life we just got done talking about Joe Burrow Joe Burrow played very well yesterday looked healthy for the first time all year so I th- I think that's the team I looked at yesterday Boy, you're in trouble
2: yeah there's a couple teams but you know these teams were already kind of in trouble uh, and we kind of knew it so if I'm looking for one that's kind of obscure that
1: There's another one out there.
2: That should be in trouble, Mm -hmm. but their schedule won't let them be. Interesting. It's the Dallas Cowboys.
1: That's who I was thinking
2: of. Because when you dive into the Cowboys, uh, that was, I mean, they look not good. But when you look at their schedule, unfortunately, they've got a lot of games against lesser teams. They've got the Giants, they've got the Rams, the Panthers, the Commanders, the Commanders. Like, they've got enough teams to where – They'll get a few wins, but they do have a stack schedule on the back end where three of their last four games were Eagles, Bills, Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But watching that team, watching Dak Prescott. That was awful. Not good, man. Not good.
1: It, you have the marquee game, the NFL, Sunday, Sunday Night Football. And I, I made it until early fourth quarter, but you could have you turned it off at any point in the third. It was That's awful. So I put – do you have a – do you have one outside of the Ravens Cowboys?
3: I don't. I had two written down and you guys both okay. both took mine. I mean, I to me personally, looking at the way things are shaping out after week 5, these are the two teams that you have to circle and have to have questions about whether or not they're real contenders for mm. not only the Super Bowl but just their division at this point. Yeah, cuz the Eagles have taken care of business. They have. And so- the Eagles have not in my opinion played to their capability You're right. and once they start doing that look out. they're going to look like the 49ers and maybe they already do maybe they don't I think the 49ers are just a little bit ahead of them in terms of uh, a tier list I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll talk about that when we do the Stalter stack up later this week but these two teams circle them because they're in trouble moving forward but Jamie makes a good point about the Cowboys their schedule a little bit easier uh, Dak Prescott what is going he only completed 14 passes last night
1: and they, and they were outside of the dime he threw for the touchdown they were all like it he was forcing the ball i mean the one time the one time he took a sack or i don't know if it was a sack or he wound up throwing it away but he was staring down cd lamb the entire time then moved out of the pocket it's almost like he felt the rush he moved out of the pocket and still kept his eyes on cd lamb who was blanketed on the play yeah that that i thought was best so the other category we have here i think dallas falls into what team is smoke and mirrors after after week five dallas i would agree they beat they beat the giants they beat the jets and they beat the patriots you have beaten some of the just the the worst teams right now in the nfl or or teams that are incredibly limited and you took advantage of them and you should but you lost on the road to the cardinals and and really were i mean you you got pounded by arizona and then you go on the road uh, in a in a game that was a true litmus test and san francisco took it to you
2: yep you know who else falls in this category we got we just talked about them the ravens yes the ravens for me fall into this category as well look at the afc north right now the friggin pittsburgh steelers are in first place at three and two the ravens are right there with them, tied three and two. But then it's two and three, and two and three. This is why I said it was so important for the Bengals and Joe Burrow to get a win. Yeah, they're right back in it now. They're right back in it because those two that because the Baltimore Ravens, they're the Steelers, because the Baltimore Ravens haven't lived up to expectations yet, mm-hmm. and they haven't played their best football. Watching those guys bat down balls, although they're receivers and probably should have caught them, uh, was problematic for me. So in the same breath as the Cowboys, again comes the Ravens for me it's a good one I have a team and
3: I don't necessarily think they're smoke and mirrors but I want to get your opinion on what you've seen the past two weeks and I know this team just beat the Minnesota Vikings I'm not trying to, to crap on them but what have you seen from the Chiefs two one score games against two opponents that really aren't that great in the Jets and the Vikings
1: yeah I think it's a good question I, I'm still in the I'm not concerned about Kansas City but mostly because of their defense I, they're, I think their defense everybody's kind of overlooking that that side of the field they, they've they've played very well, but Travis Kelsey goes out and that offense kind of sputters until Patrick Mahomes saves them. I think Andy, I've I've mentioned this a lot. If you go back like four or five years ago when the Chiefs are struggling, I said Andy Reid's got to run the ball. Mm-hmm. He's got a monster in Isaiah Pacheco.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he didn't even eclipse his uh, the I think it was like fifty-seven and a half rushing yards that he needed. If you took the under, he never, he hit, but he didn't run. No, I think he, he had like thirty something yards.
1: Andy Reid, Andy Reed, who's who's a genius. He's forgotten more football than Oliver. Remember, but when it comes to Reid and his play calling, he he knows he's got Mahomes. He wants to use him, at, but you don't ha- you don't have receivers that mm-hmm. are legit wide receivers. You've got. Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore. They fall in kind of the similar category. And then you've got, you know, Marquez Valdez-Gantling and then Travis Kelsey. Now, Rishi Rice, the, the rookie, did catch the touchdown yesterday. Maybe they start to get him mm-hmm. more involved. They up his snap count. But other than that, I mean, that Chiefs that Chiefs offense is still Travis Kelsey and him going down yesterday. Gritty performance, but mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's concerning.
3: What I thought was interesting in Pacheco scored a touchdown, they had a drive where... They used him a lot, and mm-hmm. he, they, he ended up getting rewarded, going in the back of the end zone. But there was a few drives where Clyde edwards hilaire was out there; he would maybe get one or two yards. Jarek McKinnon was out there, and yep. then they'd go a couple drives with not having Pacheco out on the field. I was like, "Why are they feed doing him. this?
1: Feed them. Sometimes feed, it's going to be ball. a ball. You know, the, the Dolphins are a perfect example of this. Sometimes it's going to be a, a Devon Achan game, or a Raheem Mozart game. Man, he's good. He's really good." That's all they needed, right? was more speed Mm -hmm. on that field. Turns out they didn't need Dalvin Cook. That was a good non-sign for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes it's got to be one of the running backs to take over, not necessarily Tyreek Hill. If Tyreek Hill's blanketed, hand the ball off. So I think the Chiefs are kind of in that category. we are like, just let Pacheco go. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We've got the gauntlet next.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
1: three your time check is brought to you by Clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler if you're watching via our air alliance team youtube channel at 101 espn stl you're seeing our brand new wheel we were gifted the wheel marsh put it together today and we've got some new categories too guys at least not maybe not categories but we've got some some different options so baseball's on a couple of times Random is on the wheel a couple of times hockey's on the wheel a couple of times football the same, but Do we add? I thought we added new categories. Did you did you skip that? Oh, no? I see it now fast. So if it lands on fast lane picks that means we get to choose the category
2: Camera's drifting right now on the YouTube feed. It it's, doesn't know what to, it's got ADD. It doesn't know what to it look at. It fits in perfect.
1: Yeah Is there is there another category? Did I miss one Marsh? Are we good? Yes, yeah, oh, so we
2: have
3: Hockey, football, right. random, baseball—the normal four—and then there are two slots on there, like we just talked about. Fast lane picks. So there you have it. You covered the. You covered everything.
1: Okay, perfect. So let's welcome in John. What's up, John? Uh not much. Just got home from work, guys. All right. Well, congratulations Did you on about that. the new categories. Yeah. Uh, John, yeah, John.
2: I wasn't listening. I was trying to figure out the camera thing.
1: You're doing great, Jamie. All right. So John, the only thing that's different is we just we just added a, a category of fast lane picks. So that means you you still choose the contestant, but if it winds up on one of those fast lane picks, then we get to choose the category, all right? That sounds fine. Okay. Well, there's
2: a fast lane pick and there's a contestant pick. Isn't there, Marshy? No. No. Okay. I made that yeah, up. You... <laughs> <laughs> I made it up.
1: I made it up. All right, John, who are you who are you picking today?
2: Uh, let's go Jamie, please Alright, thank All right, goodness, because this wheel's got me perplexed Jamie Yes
1: If it lands on fast lane picks Yeah What category would you like? Because he's going to be in the cone of silence if it winds up
2: Oh, that's out. right Uh, well, let's go with the bread and butter Hockey, baby
1: Okay, so if it lands on fast lane picks Jamie's going with hockey yeah. Okay Uh, All right, Jamie
2: so I gotta get out of here, right? Cone of silence Okay
1: John, tell Good luck, John Marsh to spin that wheel
0: all right, Marsh, you spin that wheel. All
1: right, so Marsh is gonna spin it. We still got the... Why do,
0: why do I have a feeling this is gonna be hockey?
1: Uh, and we'll see. So Marsh Marsh actually has got to use the audio. Did, we, did, did it just break off?
0: Yeah,
1: it broke. <laughs> <laughs> so our new wheel's already broke, but let's see here. <laughs> it's still going, too. Uh, it looks like... Baseball. Uh, actually it went to football. It's still going. Okay. Looks like it landed in football. So, the new wheel <laughs> <already> also <broke. laughs> chose football for Jamie, uh, like the old wheel has been doing. So it is football again, John. How do you feel about that?
0: Well, considering my fifth cousin is Jared Goff, uh, let's uh, let keep our fingers crossed.
1: Your fifth cousin wow. is Jared Goff. Jamie's, Jamie's gonna be excited time. to to hear that. Then uh, He's... I don't
0: think J- I don't think Jared knows that, but my last name is Goff.
1: So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you go there's the connection jamie's fifth cousin is philip rivers so you <laughs> know all right john you're gonna get four questions all of them are worth two points unless you ask for the options then they're worth one point sound good it sounds great all right here we go question number one john name the only winless team in the nfl name the only winless team in the nfl
3: mm-hmm. i'm gonna go options on that please
1: broncos patriots panthers
3: Son of a gun. Um. Let's go Panthers. Final answer. Question number two. In their franchise history, who is the all-time leading rusher for the Chargers? Oh, options, please. Is it Ladanian Tomlinson, Austin Eckler, or Melvin Gordon? LT, please. Final answer.
1: Question three, John. The Bills have had two Hall of Fame running backs in their franchise history, OJ Simpson and which other running back?
0: Let's go with the options, please.
1: Thurman Thomas, Fred Jackson, or Joe Cribs?
3: Thurman Thomas. Final answer. And question number four. The last time the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011 – who was their starting running back?
0: <laughs> I was going to say Jared Goff,
3: but uh, uh, options, please. Was it Peyton Hillis, Ahmad Bradshaw, or Rashad Jennings? Uh, Bradshaw, final answer.
1: Okay, well, welcome in, welcome back, Jamie. How you feeling, John?
0: Uh, Not too good. Okay.
1: We'll See what happens here with Jamie
3: By the way, uh, the 636 says sh- should definitely have the contestant pick already not a fan of the wheel
1: Sure should have the contestant pick. Oh what?
2: now we got people mad at the new wheel. Yeah. What did I miss? It's not me. I know I didn't blame <laughs> you <laughs> Here's the deal
3: we have a dry erase marker we could put the contestant pick,
2: okay. Well, we'll do that. Do we, we'll we have do that a fast for tomorrow. lane pick, and then what else?
1: That's the only one. We'll do we'll do one fast lane picks, one listener picks. Okay. There we
3: go. We is don't want to cancel the gauntlet like last time. Is everybody so. happy now? I'm happy. Who's
1: yeah. who's texting in Moon or Ray? Or oh. wh- who's texting <laughs> in Riz?
3: <laughs> I don't know. Man, the people have spoken. We'll change it,
1: Jamie. As you can see from the wheel, the old wheel. Used to spin football for you a lot. The new wheel. You know, it,
2: yeah. It spun listens. you football. Yep. Lo- you know what, Anthony? I love football. All right. You ready? Yeah.
3: Question one
1: Name the only winless team in the NFL.
2: Carolina Panthers. Final answer.
3: Question number two In their franchise history, who is the all time leading rusher for the
2: Chargers? Ooh. It's got to be LT. Nope. Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. <laughs> Tomlin, like who the hell is better than him? I'm trying to think, Anthony, Finkel, and I never, I never, Finkel. I, I'm not gonna overthink it. Let Danny and Tomlinson. Cool, you're up. Cool, <laughs> cool, All
3: right, question
1: three, Jamie. The Bills have had two Hall of Fame running backs in their franchise history: O.J. Simpson and which other running back? Thurman Thomas.
3: Final answer. Question number four. The last time the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011, who was their starting running back?
2: Hmm, that's a really good question. Wah. Optionless up until this point. I know I'll probably kick myself. Give me the options, please.
3: Options are Peyton Hillis, Ahmad Bradshaw, or Rashad Jennings.
2: Oh, wow. In 2011... I mean, Jennings, Bradshaw. Bradshaw, Jennings. Uh, Starting running back. RB1, huh? Hmm. I want to say Bradshaw, but Jennings popped into my head first. I'll go with Jennings, final answer.
1: All right, let's go over these. John versus Jamie. Category football. We'll start there. The last time the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011, who was their starting running back? John, you went with Ahmad Bradshaw. Ah. Jamie, you went with Rashad Jennings. Correct answer is... It's Ahmad Bradshaw. John did need the options, though, so John takes a one nothing lead over Jamie. Name the only winless, winless team in the NFL. John, you said Panthers. Jamie... You said Panthers. Correct answer is. It is the Panthers. But Jamie didn't need the options. So we have a 2 2 tie with two questions remaining. In their franchise history, who's the all time leading rusher for the Chargers? John, you went with Ladanian Tomlinson. Jamie, you said, who else is there? It's gotta be LT. It's gotta be Ladanian Tomlinson. Natron Means somewhere is just upset with you. After. Not that upset. He wasn't. No, probably not. No, no. He, he knew. Uh correct answer is it is LT. John also needed the options for that one, so Jamie with a one-point lead. The Bills have had two Hall of Fame running backs in the franchise history, O.J. Simpson and which other running back? John, you said Thurman Thomas. Jamie, you said Thurman Thomas. Correct answer is... Thurman Thomas. Jamie did not need the options. John did need the options. John. Uh, Jamie... Put on a clinic there. John, you got every every question right, but you needed to you needed to trust yourself a little bit more. You lose six to four
3: today.
0: Uh, I tell to you January. what, people people aren't kidding when they say it's a hundred times harder on the
3: phone because <laughs> after that I was like, I didn't even need any of those damn options.
1: No, you didn't. Looking at your answers. Uh John, thanks for playing and thanks for listening.
2: Thanks, fellas. Take care, John. You too. Bye.
1: Nice job there, Jamie. Yeah, you man. knew I mean right away, boom, boom, boom.
2: I, I went against my gut too on the Ahmad Brad shot. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah.
1: You did well. Six points. Six points out of the possible eight. So nice okay, job. Man. Jamie wins the gauntlet today. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll add the listener picks to the
3: to the wheel. By the way, we got a text from the five seven three. One slot for the fans, one slot for the fast lane seems like the ultimate compromise. Great job, fellas. I'm fine with it. I actually thought that's what we did do. So when I was I was looking at the wheel. That's
1: why there's some confusion. I thought we did add a listener. We do have another text, by the way. I believe that.
2: I thought that was the, the strategy.
3: That's what I thought. Yeah. This one's interesting. From the 661, I think it needs to be a Mike Ryder's music trivia instead of listener or fast lane pick. Call it Ryder's picks. There, solved.
0: Hmm.
1: We'll workshop that. Tomorrow, we'll go with the listener. Added to the uh, the wheel, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll give it some thought. All right, it's fascinating on one hundred and one ESPN. So earlier we were talking about the cancel the canceled or postponed postseason presser for the Cardinals, and one of the comments that we made was they they've never been in this spot before, this current group with the front office. Should we give Mo any sort of grace heading into the offseason? No. That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. show jamie and i had a similar opinion on the cardinals canceling their their postseason press conference we both said bad luck for the team bad luck for the front office you gotta say it you gotta come out and say it not a great year we need to we need to do better even if you've already said it before and they in they have to some degree ollie marmel has said it mo has said it you still have your postseason press conference and you tell your fans that this this was nowhere near good enough, and we're going to fix it. And then you face the media, and you do that. It's just procedural. Every, the, like you said, Jim, the village the village is on fire. Uh-huh. You need your leadership group to say, "Hey, we're going to put this out, and then we're going to rebuild, and we're going to be better than ever." Even if you don't have any idea how to contain the fire, you still say it pretend it's part of being a leader so for them to, to, to kind of duck out maybe they've got good reasons for it I don't know maybe they're gonna do it next week and we just don't you know we completely over blew this if we did then uh, we'll call ourselves idiots and look you guys already know we're idiots so
2: yeah fair enough
1: but for now it looks bad the other comment I said though Jamie was they've never been in this spot before Mo has never been nope. in the spot DeWitt's never did the, the DeWitt's have never been in the spot so far, Ollie's never been in the spot. Historically bad season. Franchise horrible season. Should we give Mo any sort of grace heading into the off season? Ugh. Give him a little bit of all right. This first time you're seeing. I don't. I don't mean grace in that you can screw this up. Yeah. I just mean should we give him a little bit of leeway? Like all right, you don't know what you're doing because you've never been here before. We won't worry about what you say, but we we are watching what you do,
2: yeah, I think it, when you word it like that, yes, I mean, you can't you can't you can't be critical of the guy without at least letting him first try to fix the problem that of course he made. He made yeah he did. It's fine. So did Doug Armstrong. And everybody allowed Doug Armstrong to go about his business and make trades and acquire players. And sign free agents and try to retool this team on the fly. So I, th- I think if nothing else, we owe John Mozeliak the same courtesy, if yeah. you'll call it that. He hasn't had an offseason yet. He had a trade deadline. And what did he do at the trade deadline?
1: He had a pitching. And apparently some pretty good bats.
2: Yeah. So he added things that he felt the club needed. And he got rid of contracts that he knew he wouldn't be able to retain. Mm-hmm. So he did the exact same thing his Army did as far as the trade deadline is concerned. Right. Now let's see what the offseason looks like. It is obvious as to what the major needs are for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's pitching. So let's see what what Mo does. Let's see what he's able to do before you vote him off the island. Mm-hmm. This is a, a very unique situation for the Cardinals. I think it's only the second worst year ever in franchise history. Is that it? I, I think. Uh, but it's certainly the worst year that John Mozeliak and the DeWitts have had um, as an ownership group and part of the management slash scouting, everything that Mo was for this team. This is the worst year they've had. Mm-hmm. So let's see if he can fix it before we get completely furious at the guy. Yeah. So I, I think we owe him a chance to fix it. Now, if he doesn't fix it, if we come out of spring training and 15, 20 games into the season we have the same problems – then you got to make a change yeah you got to make a change you got to you, something's got to be different
1: lisa left us a mic drop on on this topic uh, as the cardinals heading into off season, knowing that look you got to spend some money like jamie just said hey guys you're asking about what's it say to the people like me that have regular jobs and spend my money to watch that team play what they're saying to me is screw you we're going to do whatever we want
3: we really don't care what you think and I don't know if they saw, but I turned down tickets this year. I turned down tickets because I don't have to go watch it. And I'm just
1: one fan, but I'm a pretty good fan. So it's kind of just sad to me now that they are so arrogant. Just the arrogance is unreal. So guess what? I don't have to pay next year. I'll go, I'll go opening day, but I don't have to pay to watch it. I don't have to pay to watch sloppy, we-don't-give-a-damn team, and it's just really sad. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, so th- those are great, great mic drop from Lisa. What she said is why we often remind listeners that get upset with us for not asking certain questions or not, quote-unquote, holding Mo in the front office accountable. What guys like Jamie and I say will not impact the team. I no. gu- I guarantee it, they don't care. You, the like Lisa, the ticket buying public, you have more power than Jamie and I do with our microphones because if you don't show up, that sends a message. You line the pockets of everyone at Bush Stadium. Without you and your interest, there is no team. Jamie and I can say, and we have, Mo didn't do this, Mo didn't do that. I would have done it differently. We do that. It doesn't matter. What matters is a bunch of empty red seats throughout the majority of the season. Because you're not satisfied, nor should you be. So you can keep saying you got to hold an account. You got to ask this question. You got to ask him. Moe's on. You know, I don't know if we'll get Mo on again. But
2: <laughs> why wouldn't he talk to I us? I don't know.
1: But if Mo, if Mo were to ever come on, well, you're going ask that question. Realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. What you do matters. So Lisa's saying, I'm not. I I turned down tickets this year. That makes more of an impact than Jamie and I saying all we need to say for four hours of that doesn't
2: matter it does but I'm going to go back to my original stance on this and I've been very very crystal clear on my um, evaluation of how things went this year with the Cardinals it was unacceptable Mm -hmm. you had a chance two off seasons maybe three off seasons in a row to address what the inevitable was coming down the line here you didn't But I'm also going to stand by the fact that I think that now that it's happened, now that the floor fell out and you're sitting there trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do, I think it's only fair that Mo has a chance to do that along with Michael Gersh, Ollie Marmel, the DeWitt family. They have every... I hope they're given every opportunity to make it right, to rebuild what they've had here for so long. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That being said, if they don't, then... To your point and to Lisa's point, then don't go. Yeah, don't give them your money. Yeah, it's the only way to truly if you're make up, a difference.
1: If you're upset by the, the lack of activity this off season or not, you you don't support them, or support them from afar. I know that's tough because you're a Cardinals fan and sports and it's entertainment it's, it's something you look forward to. I, I get that, but again, if you really are upset, uh-huh. you really want to make a difference. That's how you make a difference. Narrative or reality is next in the fast lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. About 10 minutes we've got our sports six pack. so if you want to send us a question great 314 399 is the our conference service tax line right now we have narrative reality
3: what do you got marsh all right narrative or reality the baltimore ravens issues lie on their coaching and not on lamar jackson Ooh,
2: Um, i think that's a narrative i think lamar jackson has to bear some responsibility for What's going on here? Now, the drop passes is one thing where he's hitting his receivers and they're yep. just refusing to catch him. They're they the must... third
1: highest team in drop passes. Yeah,
2: they must not like him. <laughs> but I I don't know. I, I feel like the coaching was the excuse before. The, the OC was the excuse before. And now now who do you blame? What, you blame the new OC? It's his fault too? Like At some point, some of the blame has to go to Lamar.
1: I think that it's a narrative. It's not just Lamar, though. It's it's the team. It's the offense specifically because the defense has played pretty well each and every week. I mean, last yesterday they were on they were on the field a lot and they they did everything possible to win that game. They really let down at the end. It was one drive that got him, but it was only because the offense put him in that spot. It's not just Lamar. The interception he threw in the end zone yesterday was atrocious. But you have drop passes by the receivers. Yesterday, Mark at- Andrews. Dropped the touchdown. It was a tougher play, but one that he can make. Zay Flowers drop one. Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what kind of route he was running on the the the, the fade there. Stop trying to get. He for, doesn't either. Stop trying to force feed Odell. Like everybody, oh Odell, they're over the top now. Why? Why he hadn't been good in th- three years now?
2: Super Bowl stop. champion Anthony.
1: The the execution has been the problem, and that to me I think is more on the players at this point. Specifically offensively. So I'm going to say narrative.
2: Is Lamar a player?
1: Lamar is within it.
2: Is he a player? Just focusing on Lamar, he though, said the I think is players. The, the, is he a player? Yeah. It's his fault. <laughs> okay. That's how I get there, okay? All right.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Jamie's like, I'll get there. <laughs>
3: Narrative or reality Louisville is a dark horse to be in the college football playoff
2: what? No,
3: That's
1: a narrative
2: wait what
3: it's an impressive
1: performance against Notre Dame, but they don't have they don't they don't have enough,
2: okay? It was an impressive performance, but that that's a stretch man. That's a stretch.
1: No, there's there's no way Georgia and Michigan have started a fire on all cylinders Ohio State is starting to fire fire on all cylinders Florida State remains undefeated do we still uh, undefeated undefeated undefeated, <laughs> undefeated. I've just made that word, word here work. In the fast lane. <laughs> undefeated uh, Oklahoma did we not see what they just did to Texas in the Red River River Red River rivalry Penn State's undefeated Washington I think is rated too low there's no way Louisville goes from 14 all the way up no chance they got Pittsburgh, Duke, Virginia. Their their schedule is kind of light, but who have they besides Notre Dame? Who have
2: they beaten? Yeah, but their schedule being light actually works against them.
1: Exactly. Yes.
2: Because who the hell takes that seriously? You know. Oh, well, you went undefeated, but oh well, you know, whatever.
3: No.
1: no chance. Narrative.
2: Narrative or
3: reality? Brandon Saad will be a big reason why the Blues are successful
2: or not. Um, that's narrative brandon Saad is exactly who you thought he was going to be every single season i mean if you just said hey pick out a player that's going to do the exact same thing every single year mm-hmm. uh, it's brandon Saad, <laughs> and that's but that's not even being insulting that's that's kind of being complimentary because you know what you're getting he's consistently a 20 goal scorer yeah. in the nhl he's consistently your second or third line left winger he's your net front presence on the power play like you know what you're going to get do I think he can score 30 this year no do I think he's going to score 10 no he's going to get right there at 20 somewhere in the 20 goal range so I'm sorry that's a narrative if your season is hanging on the, the, the balance of Brandon Saad this year then not that you constructed your roster poorly but you don't have enough impact players then
3: Agreed. Yeah. Well said. Narrative or reality, there is a disconnect between ownership and the front office for your St. Louis Cardinals.
2: I see narrative. Uh, I think they're I think on the exact narrative. same yeah, page.
1: I think it's a narrative too. I think they. Yeah. I think they know. It, the The issue is so obvious this year with the pitching staff that I don't think there there can be any sort of disagreement. The only thing marsh i guess to the to the spirit of the question is whether or not the ownership realizes that it has to spend pretty big in order to to write the ship here but the ownership group is not stupid they know that they know they got to get multiple pitchers and that's going to cost so i'm going to say narrative i think i think they're on the same page of what they what they need to do
2: they are i think that where there might be a disconnect is between the manager and the front office or the manager and the ownership i don't know that to be true but If there is a disconnect amongst the group it it might be there because the manager always wants to spend more money always wants better players sure so the struggle is always between the coach or the manager and the the president or ownership Mm -hmm. narrative or
3: reality if Dak Prescott was on the 49ers the outcome of last night's game would be the same
1: Wow I would say I would say that's the reality no way yeah
2: Really. You think Dak Prescott, under center for the 49ers, does exactly what Brock Purdy did last night?
1: Uh I am such a big believer in Kyle Shanahan oh, no who God. schooled Dan Quinn this again crap. that yes. Dak I, I completely da- disagree with I realize know. we're all down on Dak Prescott. Let's not put him in the Mac Jones category, okay? Let's Why not, not let's not put him what
2: has Dak Prescott ever done for real. What does he ever He's look- won a
1: playoff game. Oh, uh, he's won multiple playoff games.
2: But what the Mag- Cowboys teams that he's been given at times were like should have been way better. And at times they were less than good because of him. No, I'm not there with you.
1: you think Mac Jones on the same level as Dak Prescott? No, I
2: don't think that. I mean that's a stretch. I mean that's you're you're picking an absolute polar opposite right now.
1: That's my point. Let's not put him in the trash category. But
2: I'm not ready to, I I'm sorry. I don't think Brock Purdy gets enough credit for what he's doing with the 49ers now
1: you don't i don't you were down on brock purdy all offseason i no kept I saying this guy's legit this guy's legit i and you're said like, he was eh, hurt. i don't think so
2: that's okay that's crap nah, i don't think that's so. that's a load of crap that's
1: what you sounded like
2: no it's not maybe that's how i sounded but that's not what i said i said this guy's got a hurt elbow who knows what this guy is is he really what he showed or is he not we'll find out No different than probably 90% of people watching football across the country. But when I watch Brock Purdy operate with this offense, he's got a lot of mouths to feed. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot of star players. He's got all these star players. Guess what? It's even harder for a young quarterback at times to keep all of them happy. It's even harder to play well with that pressure on you. I'm sorry. I don't think Dak Prescott would have the same success in San Fran. I don't know if his decision-making process is as good as Brock Purdy is. is.
1: Would Dak get the same O-line? Would Dak get the same defense? It's the would same Dak thing. get the same skill jerseys. positions? Exactly. So yeah. he'd
2: get all of that. I couldn't disagree The with
1: question that. was, would last night's result be the same? I think it would. I think the 49ers are that much better than the Dallas Cowboys. Would the result
2: be the same on the scoreboard or the result is a, a win?
1: I think the game would be lopsided would it be exactly 42 to 10 or whatever it was i don't know but i think it would be lopsided and i think people would be turning it off in the fourth quarter that's how good i think the 49ers are
2: i just disagree with you
3: last one here gentlemen narrative (laughs) or reality from what we've seen so far the texas rangers are the favorite to win the world series based on what we've seen so far. Well, it has to be a reality
2: based on what we've seen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, they haven't lost. <laughs> They've been dominant.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, So, yes, reality. Scherzer
2: uh, apparently will be back for the CS. The ALCS? Yeah. Wow.
1: Now, uh,
2: I, I yeah. don't know what version you're getting of him, but if he's healthy and he's sure. able to do what he can do, I mean, that's...
1: I mean the Phillies, the Phillies have looked impressive too, but they they obviously had the easier first round opponent. But yeah, based on based on how everything has played out so far, yeah, I would say the Rangers should be favored. I mean they're not, but they should be probably. All right. That's narrative reality. Sports 6 back at next. Again, if you got a question, 314 399 9646 That's the Air Comfort Service Tax Line. Sending questions. Uh, we'll do that here. <laughs>
0: Question. It's time for the Fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
3: asking me all these weird questions.
0: Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
1: All right, time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN.
3: What do you got, Marsh? All right, gentlemen, from the three one four, 4 we all saw what happened to the Miami Hurricanes this weekend. What is one of the worst coaching decisions you've seen in sports?
1: That was one of them, by far.
2: That was horrible.
1: That was absolutely, completely avoidable. And for him to not take a knee, take two knees and secure a win for his players was just asinine it was awful now the the miami players should not have allowed georgia tech to go 22 seconds down the field like that but they shouldn't have been in that spot so yeah that that was one of the worst ones i mean i'm sure there's a bunch but i don't know off the top of my head i can't think of like really horrible coaching decisions like that that would measure up
2: yeah um man i i would love to dive into this like I almost revisit it tomorrow. Yeah. Why don't we do that, Marshy? Why don't we bank this question and give us a chance to kind of pull up some things to jar our memories cuz I yeah. guarantee that there's a whole bunch of coaching decisions that I can't think of right now. And I there's there're things that I'd like to get into.
3: There's one that I have off the top of my head, it's Josh McDaniels. I be, no, 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 it wasn't Josh McDaniels. It was uh um, it was when the Raiders elected to maybe it was him. When they elected to take a timeout, which sent the um or no, it was Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley takes the timeout. The Raiders kicked the field goal and they end up. Oh, going yeah, to a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, where where if they just tied, they would have both made the playoffs and eliminated the Steelers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one.
3: Sorry, Josh McDaniels, but you were included in that uh Yeah. That side swipe, I guess. Yeah, that was uh Yeah, I think Jamie I think
1: Jamie's right. I think we should we should go through and, and yeah, really let's just, take a look at let's it. Let's just shelve sure. it yep. to
2: tomorrow and then revisit. Good call. Have some fun with it. Well,
3: speaking of the Vegas Raiders, from a three one four, will Josh Jacobs be the biggest name moved at the deadline, and who's the best fit?
1: Well, I yeah, I could see that. I mean, the Raider the Raiders have had zero success running the ball this season which is remarkable considering they they have last year's leading rusher but when it comes to fit you're you're really looking at a player that needs to be the bell cow so i don't think it's going to be the the usual suspects like you know could he be a fit for the steelers sure actually the ravens would be a perfect fit quite frankly the raiders going to deal him to the ravens i don't know but the ravens are running back poor Cleveland could use a running back now, obviously, with Nick Chubb out for the year. Um, Looking at some of these other teams. Eagles, no. Cowboys, no. Jamie's Lions, no. Packers could use a running back with Aaron Jones banged up, but they do have him. I'll say the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the best fit, followed by the Browns.
3: From a 3 4 why was the Blues season last year a fluke and last season for the Cards was not a fluke?
2: Well, I think what we've identified uh, overall is that it goes back to two or three off-seasons in a row where Mo didn't address what they needed as far as pitching staff is concerned. And so when it finally came to a, a head this year, people were like, well, we saw this coming. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is what... it's we saw this. And as far as Doug Armstrong concerned, not one person saw this coming for the Blues right. last year. They, they had a very competitive roster on paper. They had a solid defensive core. Like Everything should have been not Stanley Cup contender, but certainly playoff team. So it was kind of uh, a sucker punch out of nowhere when the season just went abysmal for the Blues last year. Whereas with the Cardinals... You know, I remember talking about the start of the season before they even went into any kind of a massive slump before the season even started. Well, they can out hit their pitching, they can outscore the opposition because talking about they're going to have a lot more pop at the plate, right? Knowing that yeah, the pitching, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, we'll see turned into a reality. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why. That's just my opinion on it. Was anybody saying the blue season was a fluke though? No, we're... or not a fluke or. They're just saying that why are we so willing to be like oh wow that happened to the blues you know i and but you know but we're looking at it go well the cardinals we knew this was gonna happen
1: yeah but i think i feel like we we broke it down with the blues too with with alex petrangelo you know we've gone back to the the petro decision and how that has impacted them
2: certainly a chain of events that followed that yeah
1: the other thing was too i mean in in our defense, did anybody see the defense struggling as, as badly for the Blues last season? As it as we showed? I didn't. Like what evidence was it? with the card like Jamie said with the Cardinals, the evidence was starting to mount up like you missed you missed opportunities each offseason. You missed opportunities each trade deadline. And then the wheels fell off. With the Blues, there there really wasn't outside of lose outside of saying, you know, hey, let Petra walk. The season before that, though, was pretty good for the Blues' defense. Yeah, and that was before, that was after that was the first season without Petro. So, yeah. I didn't I didn't foresee the the issues popping up like they did last year. But I wouldn't call it a fluke. I would just call it
3: what it was. It was it was a down season. From the six three six, the Panthers have yet to win a game. But who is the worst one in four team in the NFL?
1: Ooh. denver
2: broncos <laughs> that team stinks they're terrible sean payton they're terrible is regretting everything he is regretting leaving his cushy spot in the booth to where he works once a week makes mm. a boatload of money has fun yucks it up when he's wrong who cares yeah he thought he would he looked at that broncos team and thought he could make a difference and I'm not being unfair to Sean Payton, but somewhere somehow he misevaluated just how bad Russell Wilson is.
1: Mm-hmm. They're I, terrible.
2: I, I think that's the biggest. Like if you had a pie chart, Russell Wilson being the problem is the biggest piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in many ways, his performance for sure. But from what I dissect and read and and research. He is not a very well-liked guy in that locker room. He's almost oblivious to the fact of how bad he's playing. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, unsolicited today, <laughs> talked about, they're talking about, oh, you know, you go back to the, the the days with Russell Wilson and this guy and that guy, and they're like, you stay in touch with some of these guys? Yeah. And he's talking about that, and then he brings up Russell Wilson, he's like, I don't know.
1: Never had I, his number. I
2: never had his number.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to he go through somebody. Had, he had to, to go, get his number. He had to go through the team,
2: the, the just publicist. to get Russell Wilson's number. No, not even to get. No, no, you wouldn't get the number. That's right. The publicist would, would tell, tell him tell Russell to call whoever. Yeah, and then
1: Marshawn Lynch said that he got uh, a call from an unknown number, mm-hmm. or it wasn't. It was either unknown or blocked or something. Private. Was, yeah, private. It was Russell Wilson. That's embarrassing. Like, <sighs> I, I I think the guy is just. Probably, I don't know, I've never met him, but he's probably just so aloof, so tone-deaf, just as like Jamie said, no no concept of how he impacts the people around him.
2: He needs to go. I'm telling you right now, if they just just told him to sit at home, and who's the backup quarterback there? Jared Stidham. Go with him the rest of the year. Yeah. If they told Russell Wilson to sit on the bench or sit at home and go with Stidham the rest of the way, I bet you this team not that they turn it around like make a playoff push I bet the team turns it around though because those guys can't stand him so much they will play their you know what off for whoever gets under center yeah so that's the biggest problem that's terrible well, they're stuck with them yeah they are
1: uh the Patriots are in the picture though mm-hmm. the Patriots scored 55 points this year that's so bad 55 points they've scored this year they've got a worse point differential than Denver too 70 minus 76 to minus 60. That's awful. The yeah. Giants are minus 90, 91 point differential. They scored sixty two points, so they're in the picture. I, the, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to list all the one
3: and four teams. The Giants scored their first first half point yesterday and because of a, the defense.
1: It was a hundred and four yard interception return before halftime. It's terrible. I mean, there, there are some really bad teams this season: Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Panthers, obviously. And then the best one in four teams, the Cardinals.
2: I don't know. The Vikings are a pretty good one in four teams. Yeah,
1: that's true, too. Cardinals and Vikings in the parking lot. (laughs) Who do you got?
2: Uh, Where are they playing and what time of day is it?
1: It's it's a primetime matchup. That doesn't even matter anymore at this point. Andrew,
2: can I just play the game?
1: Fine. It's a primetime matchup. Where? Arizona. I've got the Cardinals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He said in the parking
1: lot. I moved it. I moved venues.
2: I asked him to change venue.
1: It's like the Cardinals. It's the last second change.
3: <laughs> well, you know what? You're probably right. They probably you know, go down on a last minute drive and... The Vikings would have 500 yards of total offense. 17 points. <laughs> yeah. yeah. because they had four turnovers. That's correct.
2: <laughs> Marcy's gonna freaking lose his I don't mind. blame him. He's gotta be
3: furious. <laughs> Think about it. My three favorite teams have stunk this year. <laughs> the Blues, the Cardinals, and now the Vikings. You've had a rough. You've had a rough sports season.
2: Tough going, Marsh. A rough like, goodness, sports City season. Thank City SC is good. There you go. Are who's, you? Who's are you, your? Is that one of your teams? Well, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Sorry, St. <laughs> Louis. It was a good year. Damn it. <laughs>
3: Who's your favorite college football team you got one? I don't really have one though. Okay. It used to be Texas though growing up during the Vince Young and Colt McCoy days, but mm-hmm. once I went to college, yeah, you kind of my, my school they weren't a FBS team, and, you know, it was yeah. all hockey there. So right. I don't really have uh, yeah. I will say though, I I mentioned this to my buddy what was it Saturday or something like that uh that this year has been the most that I've watched college football in quite some time. Not that I didn't before, but I'm consistently watching games because of how exciting it is it is a great the, the, saturday was a lot of fun and start I, to finish i said at the beginning of the season it wasn't exciting and, and then now it became, you're on board and now i'm on board yeah poor marshy
1: all right speaking of marshy's got what's trending for us next on 101 espn
0: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dom's tire and auto centers on 101 espn What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lions Choice sandwich coupon.
3: Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending fellas the blues and the centine community ice center will host next season's 2024 prospect showcase versus the chicago blackhawks and the minnesota wild so more hockey coming our way next year we'll get to see all the prospects not only in camp but we'll see the games as well
2: pretty exciting stuff man think back to you know a handful of years ago and this would never have been possible And the great thing is that, you know, the Blues now have a great facility over there in Maryland Heights, a Centene Community Ice Center, Um, and everything is built up around that area as well. So there's hotels available, there's restaurants, there's all sorts of things available, and they got, you know, the three ice sheets, and they can certainly accommodate three pro teams. Yeah. It's great. The Blues used to go up to Traverse City and participate in the Red Wings little prospect tournament. Last year, they went to Minnesota. And next year they will host it. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be, it's exciting stuff for Blues fans. Anybody who wants to really catch a glimpse of the prospects or even some of the other teams' prospects, watch some good hockey. It's exciting times in the hockey world for St. Louis. But what it does for me is it continues to grow the footprint in the hockey world from the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Because you don't think more teams are going to want to come and be a part of that situation? So maybe a year from now, Nashville sends a team. Maybe then Dallas puts a team. And all of a sudden, you've got a big major prospect tournament going on here. Mm-hmm. It's always good. Drives revenues up, too. If we're going to talk from a business model, the surrounding area benefits from having all those groups of people in town. I like it, man. It's positive stuff. Cool. There are some fans of certain teams that are seated
3: very high in Major League Baseball's postseason that think the postseason format is not that fair. Of course, the Braves, instead of getting the Diamondbacks, who were the lowest-seeded team in the National League, they take on the Phillies, and of course, they lost game one. What are your guys' thoughts on Major League Baseball's postseason format? Do you like it? Do you not like
2: it? Do you think we should go back to what it used to be? It's... (sighs) It, it, obviously, this year you don't like it because you've got the Braves and the Phillies. And that's probably the only reason we don't like it. Yeah. So I don't know how you do it. Like, would you reseed it after the wild card and then highest winning percentage versus lowest winning percentage? And then maybe, but then what would that even equal out to if we pull it up? Because the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks should play the Braves. Uh, is that a for sure? Yeah. Okay. So if we pull up winning percentages and I'm just not that I don't doubt you Anthony I just don't you verified I just yeah, don't believe I get, you I got you you're right the the Diamondbacks would have played the Braves but I just want to make sure trust but verify trust but verify so are we happier with that then the winning percentages end up being the kind of evaluation
1: yeah I got two thoughts on this one I do think I do think you should have the lower the lower seed or like Jamie's saying the lower winning percentage take on the higher seed I mean that, that's how it is in in most sports um so I would rather have that. However, Braves, hey, you went through this entire season. You were a juggernaut. Don't start complaining now. Go through, go through the Phillies. And you know, I know it's not the Braves that are complaining necessarily; it's their fan base. But what did you 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 wanted an easy easy postseason matchup? You wanted an easy postseason route. So I do think they should recede. But come on. You want to be a champion? Anthony, you got go to go through it.
2: You're the one guy that talked about it before it even started. Well, it's a shame the Phillies and the Braves. And you, you're the one. And now you're sitting here banging the drum on the other side of it. That wasn't me. That was Riz. No, that was you.
1: No, that crying sounds
2: like a it wasn't f- crying. Show it thing. was. It was mm. banging. It's way different.
1: Well, if it was banging than it was me. Yeah. And that you're makes sense. banging
2: that drum yeah. before the playoffs even got to that point, talking about the Phillies and the Braves. All right, my bad. It's disgusting. I forgot my take on it. It's kind of like
1: right. you, like on a on a Friday. What? Wait. Saying a team's gonna <laughs> be your upset special, only to not take that team on Sunday. What? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you just don't realize I flip my picks.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I flip my. Opinion, then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
2: We're all getting in on it. Why why wouldn't we? Yeah. Guys,
3: tell me if you've heard this story before (laughs) or something similar. The Rangers have been listening to Creed in the clubhouse to get hyped for games. According to pitcher Andrew Haney, it started when they were struggling in the second half of the season this year. He said he hopes that Creed is playing throughout the ballpark before their home games this week because it would fire the team up if fans started to sing along.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, who doesn't get fired up <laughs> listening to Creed, right? A little My Own Prison? Ah, huh? Arms wide open,
1: you know, like, come on, right? Yeah. Texas. Hey, the Rangers, you know what? It worked for the Blues. I was about to say, people probably said, now why is that their song? galvanized them yeah galvanized our blues i think so. it's
2: great i think the random music becomes a thing for a team absolutely or a fan base i think it's fantastic
3: did you ever have a, a team that had like a specific song like a win song um, maybe not as big as what it was in 2019 yeah, with that's, gloria that's but tough
2: to beat when it comes to that um we used to play when i was with the blues the one year we had a pretty deep run we uh We used to play Disco Inferno Mm. after the game. Burn, baby, burn. Disco (laughs) Inferno. It was awesome. (laughs) That's (laughs) great. That's great. We had that year, the playoff uh, theme, too, was we did, like, 70s facial hair. So guys had mustaches, handlebars, you know, just the big pork chops on the side of the head. So then when we'd win and play the Disco Inferno, it all was kind of in theme. We nice. looked like a bunch of morons. But hey. It was funny.
3: But you guys were playing well. It's all that matters. Going back to the Creed thing, every time I see that video of them performing at the halftime for the Dallas Cowboys and that guy has the angel wings mm-hmm. flying through, I sit there and I watch it at least like five times in a row because it is so funny.
1: <laughs> I, I think they. Uh, I think that Scott Staff, the lead singer, thinks – very highly of himself.
2: Really? Yep. Oh, no, I can tell you for a fact <laughs> he does. We, he played a show in Boston, and uh, Flip, the drummer, is a big hockey fan. And so when he heard we were there, he's like asked the people to meet. And we had a mutual friend, Morgan from Seven Dust, mm-hmm. mutual friend. So he's like, oh, get down here. Scott Stapp thought he was McJagger. I'd never seen this guy. All five foot six of this guy strutting through like he didn't have time for anybody, including his own bandmates, and flip the drummer. I was like, yeah, he is. he's just like that. I go, oh, boy, he must be fun to tour with. Yeah, like, oh, he's a peach, all right. <laughs> Not long after Alter Bridge was formed.
1: <laughs> Figure it out. With, with members of Creed minus Scott Stapp. Figure it out. Yeah, all right. That's what's trending here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie and I just got into it about Brock Purdy. Jamie thinks that we're overlooking Brock Purdy even though I said the guy was good last year. That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: He was really good. Uh, Everybody was pretty good but I thought he missed one throw throughout the day um, from what it seemed like. Just a little behind B.A. in the first quarter on one and everything else seemed pretty flawless. He did a great job versus a real good pass rush, some tight coverages, guys gave him some time and also the guys made a lot of plays too.
1: That was Kyle Shanahan, 49ers head coach following last night's beatdown of the Dallas Cowboys and Brock Purdy put on an absolute show last night operating Shanahan's offense to near perfection. Three touchdown passes to George Kittle, 252 yards, four touchdowns, and thoroughly outplayed Dak Prescott. So we got the question. Marsh, Marsh said if, and this was in narrative reality, if you put Dak Prescott in uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense last night and Brock Purdy goes to the Cowboys, would the results have been the same? And Jamie, you got upset when I said, yeah, I still think that it would be a blowout. In the four in the in favor of the 49ers. Yeah, I was insulting. You were you were insulted by my comment there.
2: I was insulted on behalf of the entire Purdy family. Okay. Quite honestly. The lack of respect that you and the football community <clears throat> have shown towards Brock Purdy is quite disgusting. <clears throat> Watching the game last night, I had to question a couple things. One, uh, Dak Prescott's decisions, two, Jerry Jones' decisions. But then <clears throat> also Like, is Brock Purdy, is he a benefactor of the offensive system or is he a huge part of the offensive system? Because if it's just a system and you can plug in any quarterback, then why don't they? Like Why did Trey Lenz not work? Well, he wasn't able to. Okay, great. So you can't just plug anybody in there. Mm -hmm. And watching Brock Purdy last year when he first got the opportunity, it was very much tailor-made to just don't don't lose the game yeah, for man, us. Shit. Watching him last night though, he made some really good decisions. He made some really good plays, really good reads. And we ta- we touched on it earlier, like they star-studded cast, but that also creates anxiety for your young quarterback because you know all of those guys they're always open and they all want the ball. Mm-hmm. So how do you choose? Like when you're doing your checkdowns, how are you spreading out the ball effectively? How are you making the right plays, passing it to the right guy, not force-feeding it to the squeaky wheel because he wants the ball and you haven't passed to him in a quarter? So I think Brock Purdy deserves a little more respect than what he's gotten overall because if it was just plug-and-play, then they— they would have just went with Trey Lance yeah it's not just plug and play and Brock Purdy to me he's leading he's assertive out there he's running that offense I know he's not calling the plays but he's the one that's driving it when he's on the field yeah I don't know man I'm starting to believe that this guy is the real deal
1: it, it's it goes back to what I've been saying about you got to find the right you got to find the right quarterback to the to the system to marry the system right you got to marry the you got to blend the two you're right Jamie you can't just drop anybody in there because Trey Lance should have worked out however Trey Lance you know what's interesting is that Kyle Shanahan uh, he wanted he wanted to find somebody that was going to elevate his his offense more than Jimmy Garoppolo right the 49ers wanted to find that Jimmy Garoppolo had been had, had played very well in that system. But you could kind of see the limitations of, of Jimmy G. They wanted somebody to elevate the offense. John Lynch looked at Trey Lance's raw tools and said, that's the guy. Shanahan looked at Mac Jones and said, nope, that's him. That's who I want. Oh, oh boy. So they went, with, they went with Trey Lance because of the physical tools and then took Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft. He was, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Ironically, they found what they were looking for, but they found it in the seventh round. Not the third. Not with the third overall pick, Brock Purdy last night. To your point, showcased his ability to throw throw down fields. Jimmy G was he would live in that intermediate Mm -hmm. route. You know, just he'd find the guy that was seven yards out and let them run. And because you have Debo Samuel, and because you had you know George Kittle, and because you had name whoever, Jimmy G existed in that offense just fine. What Brock Purdy showed last night, I mean, there was there was a play where he'd have somebody open and five yards in front of him and he took the 17-yard post instead of the 17-yard dig I mean he he is throwing down fields and Trey Lance did not have the the NFL uh I'm sorry he did not have the experience forget NFL just overall experience Brock Purdy played at Iowa State I think for 14 years it felt like it so he's a perfect fit for that system I'm more in favor of the system this is more about you know as we go to like the Dak Prescott thing to me it's more about Shanahan And less about Dak Prescott I think that the 49ers are that good I think Shanahan's that good and I think Brock Purdy is showcasing that he is a perfect fit for that that system
2: I mean look I think both I think both opinions can be true to a certain extent I just look at how many guys would be unsuccessful in that spot like there are a lot of quarterbacks that would be unsuccessful.
1: Yeah, guys that guys that are inaccurate would would have a hard time with that. But then,
2: so then, Justin Fields would not play well. But then well the credit that. then has to shift then to Brock Purdy because yes. it's not it's not just the system because now the player, to your point, you're talking about you're the fair. player has yeah. to execute. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a system with a player that can execute. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady. I'm not at all. But I'm also not saying that he's Mr. Irrelevant. I'm also not just going to sit here and say that, oh, it doesn't, whoever you put yeah. under center there is just going to have success. They're going to be just fine. To a certain extent, maybe, mm-hmm. but this is a guy that got them like all the way deep in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Hell, he got them there on, on barely an arm at one point.
1: Yeah, he had to go back into that he NFC had to go championship back in. game. No, you're right. I, I think it's now it's time. look, you do you do it. You do it at that, on that stage last night, Sunday night football game, primetime matchup. The Cowboys, the Cowboys are coming in, and all eyes are on the matchup. And all all we kept doing was talking about Brock Purdy. So I think he's he's going to start getting the attention that he he has earned to this point. But you're right; not every quarterback is going to fit into that system and do just fine. Like I said, if you've got guys that are inaccurate, so I'll, I'll pull up a list right now. If you've got guys, I mentioned um, Justin Fields, but you know Jordan Love would not excel in that in that system. I think Anthony Richardson might have issues. Kenny Pickett might have issues. Uh, Fields, I'd mentioned. You know, Deshaun Watson, based on what what his accuracy has been, would not thrive in that. Derek Carr hasn't been accurate enough. I think I think that's that's your overall point, Jamie. He Brock Purdy can can elevate that system now. But Shanahan knows what he's doing. I mean, to get all those weapons so so wide open in some regards is remarkable. But what Purdy did finding, you know, Kittle in the back of the end zone and some of the throws he was making to the sidelines, that's when you, that's when you can tell. Well, like, this dude's got it. And
2: it's also processing what's mm-hmm. happening in front. Absol- of them.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Because Kyle Shanahan, when he designs plays, it's not a play that's specifically just one no. guy that's available. Like, as a quarterback in that system, he has to process things quickly and yes. realize where his mismatch is, where the opportunity is. So, I think you got to give credit to Brock Purdy. And the best part, I give credit now to the San Francisco 49ers. They just locked him up again. Mm-hmm. He makes under a million dollars for the next three years. Wow. And this is a team that, based on us, uh, is a Super Bowl contender.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Probably should win the Super Bowl this year. They've been the best Watching that defense and the way the offense is humming right now, I think they're the team to beat. The
1: 49ers and Eagles have been the two best teams in the league. Then I think you can go to like the Dolphins, Chiefs, and Bills in that area. After that... Uh, and the Lions, Jamie. The Lions deserve to be in that category. You're
2: right. You're right. But I also but and then when I he, love the Lions, but I think the they're Niners. They're not on the
1: they're not on the Niners
2: level yet. I think the Niners are yeah. a better team, man.
1: No, they are. In the NFC, the pecking orders, the forty ers the Eagles, the Lions, long paws, Cowboys, and then you can get into like your Seahawks. And then of course the NFC South, best division in football right now, save for the Panthers. Every team is above 500. <laughs> Every team in the NFC South is above 500, except for the Panthers.
2: Yeah. They're way behind it.
1: No other division in football, guys, has three teams above 500. The
2: worst division in football. The NFC
1: South, boys. That's where the true talent lies. you yep. Know what I mean? When you've got shaky Bakey, Derek Carr, and Desmond Ritter in your division, you know good things are happening. Right, Marsh?
3: Yeah, Anthony. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Kudos to Desmond Ritter for put putting a together show. a final drive that ultimately won them the game. So, as I was as I was tuning in
1: yesterday, when he threw that shovel pass behind Bijan Robinson, who caught it one handed and then put it out, put it behind his back as he was running, and then finally secured it and went in the end zone. Uh-huh. I go, this guy can't even throw a shovel pass right. Mm-mm. So when the Texans scored a touchdown <laughs> to go up, I go, there's no way in hell that Desmond Ritter is going to put this team into position for a game, just a just an attempt. But he's going to throw a pick. Or he's going to take a bad sack or something. And then I think in four plays, he had him in field goal position. I go, okay,
3: I'll shut my mouth now. That was a surgical drive. They there was. through to the outside and saved the clock. Yep. It was a it was a good drive, and they had timeouts. That's because the announcers kept saying, "Well, you could throw to the middle. You could
1: throw to the middle. Throw to the guy that's open." And that's what Ritter did. You know, Ritter, Ritter, and and um, Justin Fields took so much criticism following last week's performance. Like they were getting crushed all week. Those two guys had had two of the better games. So good for them. Yeah. Can they do it two games in a row? No, I don't probably. Know. Not. Yeah. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Build your sleeper team. We got the results. Ugh. Jamie won the first week. We'll see who won the second. And then biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter.
3: Appreciate you listening. So, uh, Marsh, you got the Build Your Sleeper Team results? I do, Anthony, and I think you're going to like what I have to say. All right. So let's just start off with the worst of the group. That would be myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, just a terrible (laughs) (laughs) week on this side of the studio. Yeah, just a terrible week. Oh, uh, I had Joshua Dobbs, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tank Dell on my sleeper team. Oh, Josh man. Dobbs, uh, one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy this year, despite being on the Cardinals. You know, they're a good try-hard team. Uh, he had 8.74 points. Ramondre Stevenson did nothing in that loss against the Saints, and Tank Dell looked good. And then... Got injured, Incussion. yeah. So my total was nineteen point four four points. Coming in first place, though, Anthony Stalter with fifty six point two eight. Oh, whoa! Crap. Jamie, you had thirty seven point
2: six eight. Yeah, we'll start well. with better than I thought it was.
3: Yeah. We'll start with Jamie's team. He had Joe Burrow, with twenty three point three eight. Jonathan Taylor, four point four, and <throat> Tyler Boyd with nine point nine. I can't believe
2: he got that much. Didn't feel like it. It didn't feel very good mm-hmm.
3: at all. No. Anthony you had Brock Purdy. Yeah. 26.08 four Tutties. Jaleel McLaughlin. The guy
2: you don't even believe him.
3: I oh, stop it. Uh McLaughlin had Now uh, I don't
1: believe in somebody from the Bay Area.
3: Okay. Boy, that's move. That's a moving target you guys got. Go ahead Mark. Anyways, quiet. uh Jaleel McLaughlin had uh McLaughlin had nine or 17.9 points. Uh Zay Flowers 12.3. Probably could have had more but he fell. <laughs> 56.28, <laughs> and you two are now tied on the season, one-one, <laughs> and I have zero. Just, just like we're tied in that
1: home run derby we keep forgetting about. Oh yeah, yeah. Son
2: of a. Pick a pick a uh, player tonight. We have a game tonight. Yeah, we got well, we got play? one
1: game going on right now, the Phillies and Braves. Phillies up one nothing, by the way. Who, Diamondbacks. Was a home
2: run? And... I'll take that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Probably Schwarmer. Let me see. Yeah. Probably the guy uh, I would no, take. it
1: wasn't a home run. This is Alec <clears throat> Bohm singling. All right, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Jamie. Home run derby. We're still looking here. Mm. I don't even know if the lineups are out. Let's see.
2: I'm trying to find that too right now.
1: Let's see what we got here. They are out.
2: Where are they at?
1: Uh, MLB.com. Just Google MLB lineups.
0: One oh more <laughs> place to <the> sounder. Back, <laughs> back, 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 back. They're there! <laughs>
1: Stay back, stay back. Go fast, We're go still fast. in sudden death.
0: I don't what I just saw. Home
2: run. Okay, there we go. We have to make <clears> it official.
1: <throat> we do. You're right.
2: All right. Am I picking first? Go for it. I'm going to take Corbin Carroll.
1: Okay. All right. Probably a good idea to go with a Diamondback, given how hot they've been.
2: Well, and I looked at the picture for the Diamondbacks' Zach Allen.
1: Yep. It's not pretty. Um, I'm going to go with Mookie Betts.
2: Two leadoff guys. Yeah. Ooh, battle of the leadoff, baby.
1: <laughs> Entangled. All right, so Jamie's got Corbin Carroll. I've got Mookie Betts as we try to break our... Home run tie as we try to remember as we try to remember (laughs) to play (laughs) the home run derby. We can't we can't do the tie, all right? So we gotta keep pushing here. Now time for the biggest question of the day. Here
2: we go.
0: It's time for the fast lane's biggest question of the day.
3: All right, gentlemen, we got a text earlier in the show. We were talking about the Mizzou LSU game from the 3-1-4. Another misstep by Drink. Don't forget the field goal Harrison Mivas saved him on with the delay of game earlier in the year against Kansas State. Yeah. Seems like a pattern of in-game coaching mistakes. The question I have for you, gentlemen, should we still be critical of Drink with some of his questionable decision-making?
1: Yeah, I do. I think that's a great point. I think it's a great text. And thus far jamie going back to our conversation about mizzou and lsu one of the biggest differences was the second half adjustments jamie had talked about maybe the offense going in a little bit of a shell i had highlighted how brian kelly and his lsu staff they were baiting mizzou's defense a couple of times to allow daniels to run he he doesn't need opportunities to to showcase his rushing ability you had a spy on him at one point. I, that thirty-five yard run, they slipped the guard out to block the linebacker. That was the spy on that play, wiped him completely, nearly out of the nearly out of the play, but just enough for Daniels to find a, a lane and go. They spread everybody out, so the corners and safeties were on the outside too. So it was kind of a perfect little play design. But that was based on what Mizzou was doing in the first half with that spy. Sometimes they they blitz, then they wouldn't, then they faked. Bl- I thought i thought that the second half adjustments were better on the lsu side than mizzou side and i think that's been a bit of a theme this year for mizzou games
2: oh well, there's no doubt lsu uh changed things they, their adjustments that they made were better than what mizzou made look mizzou the problem with what happened with mizzou is that they got conservative in the second half and then had to open it up again because they fell behind and then when they got ahead again, they got conservative. It was just a roller coaster ride. And let's be honest, their defense couldn't shut down the running game. Mm-mm. They they couldn't do it. Bottom line. So were they just I guess maybe there's another question to it too, Anthony is you know, yes the decisions, but physically was LSU just a better team?
1: I think that offensively, the big one of the biggest like on-field takeaways I had was LSU's offense gave Mizzou problems uh, from a speed standpoint. What I'm talking about gave,
2: as the game went on, right? So like in the first like a half, like a
1: physical standpoint.
2: Yeah, like did LSU wear down Mizzou? I th- no, I just thought there were there was more.
1: I thought the the lack of overall speed on defense I thought was the issue for Mizzou. I didn't think that they got physically pushed around as yeah. much as it was.
2: Just wonder whenever a, a there's track, a running game a like re- that, meet. like yeah. someone, I always feel like someone's getting pushed around. And I thought Mizzou's running game was was pretty good. They should have stuck to it more often at times. Yeah. But then, you know, they, <laughs> then the decisions, like they're second and one, they're passing the football. Mm-hmm. Why? Your running game was fine. It would have got you a yard. Mm. And then it just the wheels start to fall off at times. I just, yeah. I guess I'm just disappointed because I was really excited for Mizzou to beat LSU, and when I saw them get up by as much as they they had throughout the game, and then to hand it back, and then get back up again, and then hand it back, I was just like, Yeah. it still just got me really ticked.
1: And off. you knew what you knew what was at stake for Mizzou. If you get that one, then you build even you know, you just keep adding the momentum, and then you got. Kentucky and Kentucky's coming off the loss now to Georgia. Not to minimize that that matchup at all, but like this was this was your opportunity to really say, all right, this is one of these years for 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 Mizzou. Well, we're gonna we're gonna make some noise here in the SEC, and then to lose like that, I don't know. Hopefully, they get off the map. They take care of business against Kentucky, and then the schedule from an SEC standpoint lights lightens up a little bit again.
2: They got Georgia again.
1: You got Georgia down the road, but yeah. then they, you know they got like South Carolina. You
2: get a couple, yeah. So, all right, it's Fast Lane on One Hundred and
1: One ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalzer. What you missed, Criticisms, compliments. Next.
0: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN.
1: If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked a lot of football today. Also mixed in some Blues and Cardinals. Jamie discussed what the final roster moves mean for the Blues moving forward. Did some Blues cues as well. Uh, what can we take away from the fact that the Cardinals did not have their post-season press conference? Jamie and I disappointed in that one and Uh, Talked about how it's a bad look for the front office of the Cardinals. Talked a lot about Mizzou's loss to LSU and what went wrong there. Played prophecies and eh, sounded good at the time. Plus narrative of reality. And are we overlooking Brock Purdy? That's all available at the podcast. Again, at 101ESPN.com. or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. Marsh, we got any criticisms or compliments?
3: Yeah, I always love looking at the YouTube chat presented by our friends with the uh, Air Alliance team and, you know, the chat always, always fun to read because, you know, usually they're, they're, they're yelling at us, right? Yeah. They're sharing Wait, their what? opinions. Uh, maybe they For yell, or against what, what we're saying. But today there was a little back and forth within the YouTube oh, chat oh uh, between uh, Ryan and, and Yingling Mike. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how the adult dating chat spam bot infiltrated our YouTube page. Oh, no. Did it? I think it did. I saw oh. that
2: and I was perplexed and uh, Yeah, I don't know how that happens to be honest. I don't know how these things occur That stinks. I know. How do we avoid that? Uh, got like, me. not us, like, the, like our channel. Like how does, how does that happen? Like, we could block them, but I feel like then they'll just send another one. Somewhere.
1: I feel like we just need to ignore them Yeah like, they won't go away.
2: Marshy. No. Marshy shouldn't have clicked on it. I mean, that was the problem. Well, yeah. You know.
3: Marsh. You know. I
2: mean, curiosity, sure, but. Yeah, you but know. you know
3: better at this point. Come on. You've done it enough, you know? Well, I mean, you told me to do what you guys wouldn't do. Uh, Everything you do, do the opposite.
2: That's what I was told. He's got us on that. True. True. Okay.
1: All right,
3: Marsh.
2: I just try not to click on it. Okay, moving forward, don't you?
3: I I won't do it. Uh, From the six three six, Boomer Jamie getting (laughs) tricked by the internet once again.
2: Which no, you know what? (laughs) Oh yeah, yuck it up, Anthony. Oh yeah, (laughs) you're not a boomer. Yuck it up, Anthony.
1: I am, but I feel like you get tricked by the internet way more.
2: I don't know because here's the here's the real thing: is I'll look at my phone, and I don't have the volume on per se, Mm -hmm. and I'll like kind of sort of be flipping through. And then I see something like that, and it's pertinent to, like, what I'm already thinking. And so I will it into existence, (laughs) Anthony. That's what I do. It has to be real. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Fair. (laughs) This sounds good to me. And thanks, Elon, for taking away the blue check marks. Yeah. That's got everybody. And now you just, anybody can have them. Screws up everything. I can't tell what's real or, or fake anymore at all.
3: I know. By the way, we had text messages rolling in the day that you said that when we were at Scott Air Force Base, and some people were saying, working around the street is that Elon Musk has bought these St. Louis Cardinals, and now they will pursue three pitchers this offseason. They will. <laughs> Prices
2: of no issue. We should turn that into a bit. <laughs>
3: yeah. What is Elon-, Elon Musk buying now? <laughs> uh, guys, we have a new gauntlet wheel, and of course... People were already complaining about it yeah. earlier today. Uh, from the 314, Riz
2: here. This game is rigged. Mm.
1: And we know it's him because hes that's what he normally says.
2: Well, it's an avid listener, too. Yeah.
1: We appreciate you listening, Riz. Very much so. Mm-hmm.
3: We were talking about Creed earlier today from the 314. You had me listen to Disco Inferno because you nailed the intro, Jamie the tramps I saw orange and white leisure suits with bell bottoms there was even a 10 and a half minutes live version that beat is infectious but so simple to play the offbeat 1/8 notes on HH make it work you're welcome
2: That's all I'd say. you're welcome <laughs> anybody who's that is a cool song to headed home um, do your thing once the fast lane tunes off here just pull it up disco inferno mm-hmm. by the tramps you will thank me. You won't be able to stop singing in your head for the rest of the day, but it won't matter because it's worth it. You're gonna, you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And once you're done with that, tune into our instant
3: replay from six to six thirty, and then of
2: course we have Monday night football.
3: No doubt. You yeah.
2: Little Raiders and Packers. There. Right in the commercial break. Yeah. Just plug in Plenty your inferno time. right there.
1: Jamie, why don't you go ahead and give it, give it, uh, give us that intro again. That almost sounds like uh, Metallica. No,
2: that's interesting. That's way
1: different. Mark, pull, it,
2: pull it up on the U- YouTubers. The- yeah, I don't know if I can. I yeah, you can. You're fine. No, you can't. Why not? You can't. Yeah, it's well, our copyrighted YouTube, music. Yeah, you Mike is booted again from YouTube. YouTube again? But can't we just play this song? We play lots of songs. No, we t- you can't do it, Jamie. Oh, those days are numbered. Right. Well this is stupid. Plus, it's we're down here you they gotta go listen to it. Yeah. It's yeah. a good play. But now I kinda wanna listen to it. You know, I'm gonna pull it up. Although I have no volume on my computer. It's difficult. Swag why I get tricked all the time. <laughs> volume. Yes! The volume
3: gets
1: you.
2: Whatever. Yeah. Uh, From the 314,
3: I find it funny when people hate on the lower tier quarterbacks in the NFL. They act like they are terrible, but the reality is that they are currently in the top 30 or 40 quarterbacks in the world. I understand why it happens, but I still think it's funny. Oh, absolutely. You could do that
2: for any sport. Don't you know that we don't care? I had this the other day I was talking. I was over visiting with my good buddy, Tony Twist. We were sitting around Talking about hockey and whatnot, and then we're laughing about people who say that certain guys suck. That mm. guy sucks. Meanwhile, he's the 0.1 percent of people that make the level that they're at. Yeah. And we just sit here and go, that guy sucks. And we're no better with the quarterbacks. No. Or the pitching staff. Yeah. Or that, any... guy yeah. that guy Heating. sucks. That guy sucks. Yeah. Anthony, well said. Well said. <laughs> we should do better, but you know what? We're not going.
1: To. Nah, it's gonna be tough to do better on it's, that. Yeah, yeah. Because when you watch it, and uh, yeah, you get a quarterback throwing three interceptions or throwing perfect pick sixes. And I'm not talking about Brady Cook, by the way. No, mm. I'm talking about NFL quarterbacks. Uh, I think um, it's kind of hard not to sit there and be like, "This guy's terrible."
2: Well, and I think that it's difficult to add the disclaimer every time too. Like, right. this guy sucks. When we're talking about the 30 best quarterbacks in the world right now. If we're talking about the contacts
1: of the 32 best quarterbacks, this guy is not good. Not good. But, boy, if he was with a different group, like us in the studio, he'd be the best quarterback. He's run through every disclaimer ever.
2: Be great. I just got called a boomer again on the Jeez, text line. I did.
1: Let it go. Oh, and people. you know
3: what? The text line has been on their game today, and we appreciate everyone texting into the Air Comfort Service text line. Last one here from Thanks Dad, mentioning the text line. The text line is undefeated.
0: Undefeated, undefeated. <laughs> <That's right.
2: laughs> So is
1: Anthony. Yep. You missed that. I called the team undefeated today. Mm-hmm. What I meant was undefeated. We'll try better tomorrow. Will we? Ish. Uh, Marsh mentioned this before, but we do have instant replay coming up from 6 to 6.30, followed by Raiders-Packers pregame at 6.30 and the kickoff of the game about 7.15 or so. Go Packers. We're going to need the Packers. If they win tonight, we tie for this week. And uh, tie at this point, a lot better than a loss. We don't want to be 3-2, boys. That's, no. I'm, I'm not digging that. For Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, i Anthony Stalzer. We appreciate everybody listening today. Everyone have a great night. See you.
0: You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.